Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show. The trio is back. I'm James Chen, and I'm joined by Mr. Dancing David and uh, TubaWare. How's everybody going? I'm doing great. I'm dancing because last week I missed this thing to see Hamilton in person. Wow. Wow. What a time it was. What How a was you guys had a good week. Dude, how was that, though? I mean, it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. It was cool. Uh, I happen to live with a Hamilton super fan, uh, and she enjoyed it tremendously. So that was very cool. I was really happy about that. Anyway, Hamilton, hope you guys had a good one. Hamilton is rap for uh, entry-level white people. That's that's what it is. That may be relevant in the case of the person who I live oh, with. Dang. So I oh, dang. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Shout out to the fat cat gifting 10 a subs. A big 10 bomb. Dang, look Thank at you. this. Dang. All right. So Kudu, Kudu in, Elven Shadow, Blizzard, King of Games, Dubu Domo, Volts, FGC, Cephalope, That Guy Gandhi, Leo Ferris, and uh, Jotoko. Awesome. Sweet. Much Thank appreciate you very it. much. Thanks, Fat Cat. So let's get to the so, topics. As you can see, Tupperware had something to say, and I blitzed right through it. That's true. That's because we're going to be trying to keep it to a little bit more of a certain time limit. We're intending to end it by 8 o'clock these days. We are trying to be better about uh, making the correct amount of time for topics, picking topics, that sort of stuff. Hopefully that will all work out, but I guess we'll see. Streamline. Anyway, here's what we have to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking about the Grand Blue Patch. We'll be talking about Justin versus Roundhouse. We'll be talking about an interview with Mr. Aquaman. That's going to be cool. He's a cool dude. A couple of 5-5 matchups. There's other game stuff to talk about, like Melty Blood and King of Fighters and et cetera, et cetera. We got other stuff on the docket here. But let's begin by talking about Grand Blue Fantasy versus. That's right. New patch has been released for the game. Uh, and, um, man... <laughs> like, I wish I could just be here like, new patch, let's go. But clearly, uh, the reaction, it seems, from the community has been yeah. fairly negative. I even saw Jiyuna saying that the Japan community is also uh, not happy either, mostly yeah. posting negative stuff. They made some questionable decisions <laughs> for like a late life game i mean the game's been out for what almost two years like it's it's yeah, probably mid to late life in its cycle and they made some real 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 questionable decisions yeah i mean for obviously you know the very first patch that came out for grand blue fantasy versus unfortunately kind of set this precedent that they are taking away the fun <laughs> yeah. from the game. A lot of the cool things that were in the original release were taken out. And so a lot of like crazy combos and crazy setups and such. And it sounds like that this patch has kind of done some similar stuff. I mean, you said you read through the notes a little bit, uh, Tubo? Yeah, I mean, I, I took a peek at the notes uh, and I don't play the game <laughs> so uh it was confusing to try to read about characters i knew nothing about right so i looked at some you know twitter videos and whatnot of people showing differences and um one thing that really just like stuck out immediately is it seems like if you had a way to go through projectiles or nullify projectiles that wasn't a system mechanic they took that away from you uh one mm. major example is percy percival has a forward moving uppercut uh, completely invincible. 
uh, used to go through fireballs if you could react to it. And it was like a skill check, basically, right? Like it was a high reaction type thing. Um, and they took that away from him. And it's confusing as to why. His super, as well, doesn't go through fireballs anymore. Uh, Zeta's beam doesn't nullify fireballs anymore. It just trades with them. So it seems like if you don't, if you don't have, if you don't want to use roll or dodge to deal with fireballs or jump, they don't want you dealing with fireballs. It just seems really odd to make that decision really late in the game's life cycle. Um, so I've seen a lot of people upset about that. There has been some positive things. Um, I know Charlotta, a character I used to play, uh, had some things. I don't want to say normalized, but. Um, the gaps in some of her strings are safer now. Uh, she can't just get mashed up or cut on. Like there was some positive stuff and characters okay, did get okay. buffs. It, it wasn't like, uh, everybody got everything taken away patch. It was just, <laughs> it seems from what I can tell and what I've seen, it was, the changes they made don't really point to anything. Like, it's not like, okay, we've made this change because of this. It was kind of just like, we don't want you to go through fireballs. We don't want you to do this. Besides using the system mechanic we created, so do that. Yeah, because like uh, it seems also, limiting. Narmaya also had like the the the, the sword slash thingy, and that thing yep. doesn't work against projectiles anymore, or something. Or uh, yeah, or I, something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to like get like I said, I don't play the game. I don't want to get too deep into it. I just know the stuff I've right. been seeing, you know. But I mean, at least it sounds like some characters did get buffs. So yeah, you know. it looked like some characters got some stuff, but I just don't know how much that affects. You know the the meta. I don't know much that affects what's going on in the game right now. I don't know if it was like stuff was quality of life changes or if they're huge changes to these characters because I, I I don't play the game like that, so right. it's really hard for me to make those calls. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a position on the game or the patch just because I haven't played it in well since very close after release. Um, so I just haven't kept up with it. You know, I'm not in a position really to talk about it. I don't have a position on that as a result, but. It does. It does seem unusual to me, if nothing else, for a game to be, you know, a year and a half, two years into its lifespan, and then um, have a patch that takes away options. That's just rare. Right. I think was my main reaction. Um, instead, when at least in in many cases nowadays, when you think of a patch that comes later in a game's life, you think of a patch that like opens things up. Now, Mortal Kombat has custom variations now street fighter 5 gets new <laughs> mechanics now dragon ball fighters is dragon ball fighters like 2.0 basically like right that's, yeah. that's more like what i think about when i think about patches that come later uh, or maybe it's just a game like tekken where it's not really about like big changes it's just like tweaking here and there like little tweaks here and there sure um and 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 again i don't have a position maybe this falls under the tweaking although these changes just to read them sound like maybe more than that right. uh, but yeah, my, my main reaction is just like, it seems unusual. It seems rare uh, for a patch to take away tools. And players tend not to like that very much. Yeah, especially this late into a game's life cycle. It's extremely rare. Yeah. Now, one thing I do want to add in here really quick is that, you know, obviously Twitter is the bastion of all complaints. And like, it is just like the land for of sure. all that and, you know, I do want to point out that, you know, uh, someone in the chat right now who does play Grand Blue and is traveling to 
uh, offline events and stuff like that. Uh, he's been mentioning on here that he feels like Twitter is kind of controlling the narrative and that it isn't actually that bad and that, you know, the, the people are overreacting and stuff and that the game actually uh, is still fine and actually the patch is still good. Uh, and, you know, I totally get that because that's definitely what happens, right, whenever something hap new comes out and like someone gets nerfed. That's like e what everybody focuses on and such. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, again, so I think we still have a long way to go to, to talk about, you know, to find out how this patch affects the game and such. Maybe in the end, it's actually better, you know? Uh, but again, at the same time, it's, it's weird because like, this is almost kind of one of those things now where, you know, you're starting to see patch notes, where they come out, where they kind of talk about the the reasons for the decision making. I don't know if that that was in the GBVS patch notes at all. Was there any? Because you know how like when Soul Calibur patches come out, like this character does this, we wanted to change this. And even in Street Fighter recently, they have like these summarized kind of you know notes on you know why they decide we were we were afraid that you know if you could do V shift. Not in neutral, it would be yeah. too powerful, but we're, yeah, you know what? It's fine, right. let him do it, you know, kind of thing. Is there <laughs> anything like that in, in this patch notes? I was reading tweets. I was reading a tweet thread that was just putting out the changes, so I didn't even see the actual official okay. full document. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't want to make it seem like any of us has, like, an authoritative opinion on the patch here. Sure don't. Yeah, we definitely do not want to make it seem like that. Uh, I'm happy to hear that it sounds like some folks in the chat are positive about it. And I did see some things on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, always in every case, when there's a patch, you see negative uh, takes, even if characters actually don't get nerfed because the characters that people wanted to get nerfed didn't get nerfed, right? Like, there's always going to be negativity. <laughs> That's how the internet is, not just Twitter. Like, it was like that on us. Hey, uh, it's always like hey, that. Hey, David, did you turn off your mic on OBS Ninja? People are saying you're echoing. Oh, no, I forgot. And I did just now. Thank you. I, we, oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, all of a sudden, he sounds much clearer. Okay. <laughs> we redid it. Hmm, I forgot that. Weird. Uh, I, yeah. I resent it to you guys. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, my bad. My bad. All good. Uh, so anyway, there's always negativity. Uh, I definitely don't mean to portray that as being the like important reaction to the patch that happened. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that some characters got buffed. But again, though, it just strikes me as unusual. I think that's really just my only my only take about it is that it seems unusual for a, a patch to do stuff that takes away options. Even in other games where characters get nerfed, that's like taking away the option is rare. That happens sometimes. It's not ne never, but it's also like not the common way that patches tend to go. But I yeah, mean, that's importantly, it. I mean, one game is still being updated, obviously new characters. And, you know, uh, yeah, one of the things sure. the chat is mentioning is that some characters like Sorties, Loane, Cagliostro, Uno getting some really good buffs, Eustace finally being a, 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 like a viable character, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, definitely sounds like that there's a lot there. So, you know, one of the most important things probably to, 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 you know, when you see Twitter, you know, definitely take some time to find out what you form your own. I mean, look, every time a new character drops, like in Street Fighter V, Rose looked busted beyond all compare. And then she was kind of <laughs> normal and not great, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. 
All right. Yeah. Well, just uh, take the time to, you know, evaluate and figure out how you feel about it uh, yourself, basically. So, yeah, look, okay. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it, how it feels going forward. Yep. I hope, I hope for the sure. people who are playing the game will continue to play the game. I obviously wish that seemed the best of luck. All right, cool. Anything else to say on this? Uh, nope. Move sure it on. Think of. Let's go forward to uh, a big little, uh, a big little, uh, a big money ma- FGC classic FGC money match happening this past weekend. Justin happened to be in Los Angeles. Hmm, I wonder what for at this point hmm. in time. You know, it's kind of interesting that he's in Los Angeles. But uh, uh, one of the players who has really been on the come up in MVC2. I mean, when I say that, it sounds weird. He's been playing for quite some time now, but he's just not one of the super old school, old school crew. Uh, Roundhouse here from Southern California, uh, who I think did beat Justin at a tournament at one point in time. I think it might have been a combo breaker tournament, uh, but he's one of the best at MVC2. Been playing a lot, you know, playing a lot, practicing with Duck Doe and all these other Southern California players and everything. You know, he came out and made the claim that Justin Wong is no longer the GOAT. At MVC2, he basically said that he's not currently the best at the game. And that uh, he would uh, destroy Justin Wong at MVC2. So they set up a um, uh, $10,000 money match. And we're not talking like pesos here. I mean, we're talking $10,000. Macaroons. Well, okay. For semantic purposes, some people call this $10,000. But the other way to view it is that each player is risking $5,000. Yeah, I will call this a $5,000 okay. money match. Just, you hear it both ways. I I just want to be clear about, like, there was $5,000 at risk. As a result, the total pool is $10,000. It's Whatever. a 10K <laughs> exhibition, and the buy-in was $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, the best thing about it was, uh, uh, you know, Shoutouts to Fuji, by the way, who, uh, old school guy who ran, helped run, uh, season's beatings a long time ago with Chris Gallion. Yep. He was the one that everyone sent that he was again, the MVC two money holder. They he was both, the escrow man. Wow. Dude, both okay. of the players sent him $5,000 and he was holding on 10 K cause he's had a history of setting these up at season's beating. So he can be trusted with wow. this. And sure enough, after uh, the result, the winner was given ten thousand dollars. And uh, did you so guys? So they had this at at uh, Roundhouse's house. Mm-hmm. There was a stream there on his stream. Neo was there to commentate it, uh, and they had a setup where it looked to me like Justin was playing on a moss stick on the ground, and Roundhouse was, ground, was playing yeah. uh, sitting at an arcade cab. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Roundhouse, um, I don't know him personally, but I do certainly remember the name from from ages ago. Uh, I believe playing at Regency back in the day. Uh, so this is this is a guy who has definitely been around. But to sort of set the table even further, I don't know if anybody doesn't know this, but Justin def- definitely was the greatest Marvel 2 player for, I mean, I guess for including now, but like I, definitely I, I, for, he's for the a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah, and th- this is a guy who That'll did not lose a tournament that he entered for three years. Okay, yeah, it was he, like two, every two, tournament two, he entered two, years, two, three years. Yeah, something. It like It was like that, two yeah. and a half, three years. I don't remember the exact length. It, of it wasn't that he didn't lose. He didn't even get put in a losers bracket. He didn't lose <laughs> a, a a set. Yeah, it's a pretty he didn't wild lose a streak. set. So yeah. that's the that kind of streak is just 
basically unmatched. I think there's like It'll one, never again. like zero got close when it comes to uh, when it came to Smash Four. But other than that, like nobody has even been in the near ballpark in any again. game, regardless of how big or small the size of the scene. Like just it just hasn't happened and probably won't. Um, so that's that's kind of the stage here. <laughs> Roundhouse yeah. challenges Justin to this big money match. They played it out yesterday. What was the result? Uh, Justin. Okay, look, I'm just. I'll tell the story a little bit. Roundhouse came out firing out from the gate. Won the first game, and from the stream, you could hear the pop off from Roundhouse. I mean, you can active. see it on the camera. Yeah, dude, he got out of his like, chair. Let's go, you know, kind of a thing. One game, by the way. It was. It was a game. Yeah. And then and he popped off big time. I don't think he won another game until it was like nine one or eight eight one. It was it was rough. It, it was, was a rough. big streak for Justin. It was rough. And at some point, Roundhouse called his timeout. In big money matches like this, one thing that has like historically been there is that people are allowed the chance to call a timeout. And he called his timeout. So he did whatever. Again, it's in his house. And during that time, commentators, you know, it goes back to them and they're chatting about how things are going. Justin, like, kind of vultures into the background. <laughs> uh, and is just standing there with his water bottle and, like, kind yeah. of commentating on what they're commentating, you know, like, yeah, just, yeah, that's right. Or, mm hmm, they're right. Or, no, that wasn't like that. Like, adding little bits here and there. So he finally has a conversation about it on the mic. Uh, then they bring in Roundhouse after that, and um, they went back to playing after a while. And in the in the second half, is kind of at the half. In the second half, Roundhouse did get more wins. So it ends up being fifteen to five. It was the first to fifteen, and I mean, Justin took it with obviously fifteen to five is a big victory. Yeah, and yeah. there was clearly one game that Justin won. And he just stopped his own combo and did like a hard tag or something like that. And it almost seemed like he was trolling. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, you, you, he's the king for a reason, man. And you know what? I mean, look, I'm not going to clown on Roundhouse for coming out and trying to challenge him. Let's keep that up, right? I mean, that's what we want. We want people to come after the best like that, right? But I mean, you know, the honestly, like, I, I appreciate what Roundhouse did. He came out. He said he could win. He put his money where his mouth is and everything like that. I think the only mistake he made was really that game one pop-off. I mean, like... You just don't touch the money. That ain't the only done. mistake you made. Well, okay, fair. And, and you know, sure enough, he had a lot of drops. And, like, he did a DHC. You heard him hit buttons. Nothing happened or whatever. Like, But, look, man, like, that's, that's the nature of the beast, right? That's what fighting games are about. It's not about how it should have ended. It's about how it did end. So even if you have execution errors or anything like that or you flub something, there's no such thing as it, it should have been closer or it should have been blah 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 again i'm a proponent of the execution factor that's the whole point of having that kind of fortitude to be able to perform under pressure and he, he as the game started piling up for justin the pressure got to him the wong factor took effect and that's exactly what the wong factor is when you are fighting justin wong and you know you should win by doing x 
the probability of X failing you <laughs> increases. <laughs> That's literally the Wong factor, man. Uh, yeah, it was classic, classic Justin style. I mean, look, I'm no Marvel 2 expert, but I've seen him play a lot. And it was like classic, mostly keep away, very patient, even turtling when the opponent had the life lead, Justin. And it was Roundhouse being sometimes too impatient and dropping stuff when he sometimes had the chances to take games or had yeah, the chances sure. to kill characters. He definitely had some errors in there. But like James says, that's something that has happened again. Two people playing against Justin going back the entire time. Like, it's always been like that. And players who, you know, against anybody else would almost always hit their stuff against Justin. Yeah, I mean, you wanted to, maybe it's that you wanted to beat him so badly that when it came down to that crunch moment, you put too much pressure on yourself. Whatever the, like, origin of the Wong factor is, it's definitely a real thing. And it came in big time. That said, they had this whole conversation on the mic afterward and during about how, <laughs> oh, it, it could have or should have been 15 to 8 or 15 to whatever. Like, this is not useful to discuss <laughs> at that point. It's 15 to 5. Like, that's a very big win. Right. And, and getting five wins against Justin in Marvel 2, who's... If when Justin's really trying hard with a real try-hard team, and he, like, even said he did homework on Ron House and he was prepared. Getting five wins... Not nothing. That is legit. I mean, honestly, very few people would have been able to do that. But still, it's 15 to 5. It's definitely still a blow up in absolute terms. Uh, so you, you don't need to have the, the talk about like, what, what could have or should have uh, happened instead. It was, I mean, I, I, thought, I thought it was fun to watch. I definitely thought it was cool. It's always cool for me to watch Marvel 2. Again, it's not a game that I ever took seriously myself, but it's always been fun to watch. Uh, I really appreciate watching it. Really cool to hear from Neo on the mic talking about it yeah. again. Is, you know, obviously he loves the game a lot himself, so For I sure. thought that was cool too. Shout out to Al Makashi with saying that this gives a new new meaning to the term hashtag free MVC two. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> I but, mean, uh, Justin tweeted just bruh mid set and yeah, Twitter like exploded. when the break started. <laughs> bruh. <laughs> uh, oh, was that a flow joke? Was it Flo's joke? Okay, all right, we'll give we'll definitely. I mean, did Roundhouse ever land an Iron Man Infinite? Like nope. that's the whole not point one. of that character. He did not. not. He did mm -hmm. not. Justin landed more. Uh, more infinite. infinite. He had Storm Infinite versus sent a couple of times. Yeah, because right, all you have to do is kill one character with Iron Man at point, and that could be it. I mean, Justin did have one really well-timed push block that did prevent the guard break uh, at one point in time. Uh, but yeah, that's like that's what Iron Man does. Like when you yep. watch like Battle of the Strongest, when y you know when Yipes throws those tournaments, one of the things that he always says about Iron Man is he's never out. Like he can take out your whole entire team you know, with the right sequence and it just never happened. Like it just yeah. it never happened, not a single time. And it's like, yeah. it, I mean, speaking of flow, like he's the one who told me in those games, like MVC two, MVC three, the way that you don't get hit by those things is you're just never there to get hit by it. And Justin's the best at that. And he, I was going to say, it just goes to show how good Justin is not letting that happen ever. Yeah, Ever, Justin, not Justin said something like, look, I'm too old to block now, right? <laughs> and 
for most people, that means that you lose. But ju- but what Justin means by that is that he doesn't let himself get in a position where he needs to block. Like that's yeah, he's just kind sure. of taken that out of the equation almost. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I, speaking I, of of battle of the strongest, Roundhouse won that in the past. So again, this is yeah, a really strong player. Yeah. It's just that Justin is it's the Justin. Best. Yeah. 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 Again, I mean, it's just it's so funny to me because I still always remember that MVC three session that I was playing flow, and he would do like the Dante uh wesker unblockable on me he would do the box jump and the wesker low shot and it was like oh my god high low at the same time and i was like how do i escape that And he's like you don't and i was like then how does justin escape and he's like he's never there i'm like how is that possible and then i watched him play and justin was never there (laughs) what What? just has has this kind of a remarkable ability to boil the game down in a way that very few players do Um, even even nowadays obviously he's not winning everything although if he took a game seriously he can of course still be one of the best but but there are now other players who are like at that level but he still has this ability that's that's i feel very rarely matched to feel like he sucks out the options in a fighting game and and that's I've seen that happen to people in uh, who knows how many games at this point. And I felt it. I've played against him yeah. in Super Turbo and in Third Strike and in SF4. And and in all of those cases. He he would make it feel like I didn't have options in just a silly way, like a very absolute kind of way. Uh, in a way that nobody else has ever made me feel. I played a lot of good players. I played <laughs> a lot of good players. Yeah. Listen here, man. Justin Wong. He's the only one who's made me feel like I, I just am in a position that I can't do anything about. Yep, it's very exactly. Uh-huh. Listen, I, Justin Wong doesn't take out all the options. Because I hop ultra that motherfucker live on stream, and he can hold that forever. I mean, <laughs> that's an option he'll never take away. I've taken games against Justin, even in tournament, but I never took a set against him. I don't think right. ever. Uh, and yeah. and that was a time when I was winning stuff in Super Turbo, and I was winning stuff in Street Fighter Four. Um, sure. And I mean, the, uh, I, I tweeted it out, dude. I tweeted out, I was like, I like you said, I've fought Vi and I fought John Choi and I fought all these guys. And keep in mind, these players are obviously great. But when you fight Justin, there's just this weird like, wait, every time I try to do anything, he knew I was going to do it. Like, it's weird. And it's it's very upsetting. So <laughs> yep. playing against him. <laughs> yep. But this is again. a true story. I still wake up sometimes from not quite nightmares, but like uncomfortable dreams. Where uh, I'm in tournament playing Q against Justin's Chun Li in Third Strike. Wow, because <laughs> like, it's specifically wow. Justin, huh? It's, it's Justin, yeah. Because he would he would come down occasionally when I lived on the East Coast to our tournaments in um, right. Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Virginia to be specific. And, um, and so we would play. And the, I played again. I get played against a lot of Chun Li's, including some of the best from Family Fun and so forth. But do you uh, do you tell your therapist about this dream, and they ask Boy, you, "Is Justin Wong in the room with us right now?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's always with me. Uh, no, no. The the I thing got, that's always with me is Q's inability to press any buttons. I mean, any buttons. I, I got traumatized by school. I have dreams of not studying for tests. David has dreams of Justin's Chun Li in Third Strike versus Q. I mean, not studying for tests was my real life. I got <laughs> right, nothing exactly. out of my real life. Uh, and then in anyway yeah um all, all to say that justin is 
even as I think there are also there have been some other players who have gotten to his uh, skill level or, or or sort of legendary status. He's not alone in that anymore. Um, right. I still think that he's one of the very few who is so strong at at finding specific ways against people to just take out what feels like their options. So yeah. it wasn't surprising to me to see somebody who won bots and knows, obviously, is super good at setting up Iron Man events, just never get one. Just can right. never yep. come up. Like and, that's, <laughs> just, that, Justin is the kind of player to make that happen. Dude, I still remember... Uh... So Jihad Joe in the chat says, can you talk about how awesome Justin is on commentary? Like you'll hear him say exactly what the players are thinking. I still remember in, uh, it was at UC Irvine. It was for a, it was for a charity stream tournament. I was playing Gutex on stream. And uh, right when something like, I was going to do like jump, cross up, light kick, instant tiger knee, EX into ultra, right? The, the classic Street Fighter 4 cami trick. And right before I did it, like Justin was on commentary and he was like, James is going to hit him with like, you know, like uh, a big thing into ultra like right now. And I did it. And it was just like, I kind of heard him off the corner. Of, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it made no sense to me. Like, I was just like the weirdest thing that <laughs> he just knew. The truth like, is Justin just really believed in you, James. That's <laughs> He's just being a good friend, and he's like, James is going to do it right now. Also, how many times has he said, somebody's about to do something into Ultra, and it hasn't worked out, huh? Are you only remembering the positive stuff, huh? huh? All right, fair, okay, okay. Ah, he's obviously amazing okay. at this stuff. That's that's part of why he's so good at fighting him. Yeah, so yeah, on commentary, sure. it's really cool to hear him have that perspective, too. Mm -hmm, totally agree. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Oh, man. But, I mean, again, you know, just to reiterate, again... The point of this, not to clown on Roundhouse, obviously, because like, go challenge him, do your thing, right? Obviously, and a lot of people are going to make fun of him. But look, how many people out there are going to be willing to put up 5k to try to go up against Justin Wong and MVC2, right? I mean, Neo challenged everybody. I don't think he's ever challenged Justin Wong <laughs> in MVC2 for, you know, Smart. in that kind of a money match kind of situation. I'm sure they've played long sets personally and stuff, but you know again like shout outs to him more more power to him and you know maybe this will just make him try to get even stronger and maybe he'll try to run it back at some point in time and you know what like it'll be a cool storyline and as long as the rivalry stays in the game and you know as long as uh you know it brings us the hype i'm totally down for it so i'm totally in i hear that all right cool anything Moving else on, on. This one? no Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be bringing on Mr. Aquaman onto the stream. Don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. We are going to be moving on to the next portion of the stream, which is, of course, bringing on our guest, and that will be Mr. Aquaman. Let's welcome him to the stream. How you do? Oh, Hold my on. God, David is oh, gone. David's not there. You forgot to there put David in okay, the chair. Oh, he's, he's back. And actually, he's Olerta David. I can't type, apparently, so Ooh. sorry. Hey, uh, my, name, my name is BG Callisto over here, so <laughs> that's <laughs> so true. James, you had one job, and here we are with BG Callisto back. 
back on for a second week. Well, welcome, Ryan. That's cool, then. <laughs> yeah, I'll say another Ryan. Two Ryans in a row. Uh, all right. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks a lot for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. James, David, uh, Tupperware, really good to see you guys. A huge fan of the show. Um, love what you guys are doing out here. And thanks for having me on. How sure. wide is that lapel? What If you had to put an inch on how big the collar is right there, what would you say? Pretty big. I do like to show a lot of chest for no reason. You that, do. I'm, I'm down with it, that, man. That yes, might, sir. <laughs> I mean, honestly, oh, <laughs> Your, your, your studio is, is really always been one of the most impressive studios that I see uh, on stream. It's like, it's just, it's so well, thank be you. beautiful and you've got the trident back there and everything. There's a lot of Easter eggs that, and you know what? I purposely, move, like, sometimes I'll move one thing just to see if anyone's caught it. And in three years, no one's caught a single thing. So I just do it for my own benefit. <laughs> That's awesome. No, no one's one, ever noticed, no one's but you know, I do it anyways. But yeah, I move stuff all the time and no one, no one ever notices. But uh, <laughs> I, there is there is a lot back here and I just keep adding to it um, the more that I'm involved in, in fighting games and get to do really cool stuff and get really cool signs and stuff from different events to kind of plug back here. And uh, yeah, I, th I think it's pretty sure. unique. There's a, it's awesome. there's, a, there's a lot of stuff back there. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to be talking about several things today, but I always think it's cool to start by talking about how people got into the FGC. So what's your what was your path to getting into fighting games and then into taking fighting games more seriously in a competitive way? Oh, boy. I think that I had a very similar path as a lot of people when I say this, <laughs> because I find more and more people that, that kind of got in with the same thing. I got in through, for, for one, a friend that kind of reached out to me and was like, hey, try... At the time, it was Street Fighter 4, because um, I, I, I've been I've been in, involved in the scene since Street Fighter 4, and it was my buddy making me play it with him, and <laughs> then me going to the launch tournament at GameStop, which, mm, again, I sure. feel like that was a lot of people's way into any type of competitive gaming um, at all back in the early, you know, huh. early 2000s, and especially around 2009, I believe is when that came out. Mm -hmm. And... After that, started to kind of be like, oh man, this is this is really fun. It's different. It's 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 one on one because I I had tried Gears of War competitively before that. Ooh, through, through the same. Oh, hey! Was, <laughs> shout outs to the Gears of War community. Um, and it was through the same avenue of kind of learning about it through GameStop, and then and then I did a couple of local tournaments for fun. And then, as it turns out, um, I needed people to carry me in those games to win. And so I was like, I don't want to rely on other people. One-on-one -on -one seems like a really good thing. I, I only have myself to blame. And so started when Mortal Kombat 9 came out, went to the GameStop tournament for that, started to meet a couple of people. And then what really got my foot in the door was, I'm going to give all the credit where it's due, to an online forum called Test Your Might. <laughs> I, that's the place it exists for sure hey, that's that 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 was the place to be at the time if you wanted to get into for competitive sure, mortal sure. combat wow, it, was, it was the place to be i there was there was regions on there found virginia found the top post that was hosting locals and it was a player by the name of dave david uh some of you guys might know this one blackula mm -hmm. oh, back yeah, in the day yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and went to his house from that post, and that was the beginning of my journey right there, was showing up at Blackula's house for some MK9 sure. and getting getting the... You talked a little bit about why you like fighting games. So you, you like the one-on-one -on -one aspect of it, but like, mm -hmm. 
Is there it, anything else about fighting games that really sucked you in? What what sucked me in the 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 most, you know, that was kind of a foot in the door and then it was it ended up, you know, a little bit of it was that it was kind of like my stress release, you know, you you get home from the from work and you want to rage. And so you beat the crap out of someone in a fighting game and that's exactly what I did and it and that was how I <laughs> That's how I relieve stress. I don't know about you guys, but it's really stress relieving to beat someone in a fighting game. You yeah. feel great. And but what, what really got me in was when I went to my first big tournament and then I fell in love with the atmosphere and the people mm-hmm. and and the fact that everyone had like similar, you know, interests. And I was like, oh, these are my kind of people. Yeah. And that, that was the first thing for me. Yeah. I've always often said, like, the first time you witness one of those Sunday finals and, you know, obviously you want to be up there playing, but if you're not, even when you're in the chair sitting with your mm-hmm. friends and you're all cheering for the same things, like the people sitting next to you know what the hype moments are. It's just a wonderful feeling, dude. It's 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 amazing. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you, good experience, too, out of the gate was at my first tournament. I I, I made someone rage quit and throw their pad. And that, 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 <laughs> hey. that, was, another, that was another like that was, that was another moment for me where I'm like, OK, this is something. This is something here. The Dude. girlfriend was watching too. It was the peak. Oh, the peak no. It was, it was, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how many hours he put in to training to get beat by my like day one Cyber Sub-Zero at the time. But Oh, man. That's it was, amazing. It was, a, it, was a, it was a really good first experience. And, that, and that's what sucked me in. And now, almost a decade later, my focus has gone from being more involved to trying to create those opportunities to yeah. bring people together because that's what I've fell in love with the most. Right. Well, we'll talk about all that stuff for sure. Cause that you, you are doing a lot of that. Um, but, yeah. but to, to go back, mm-hmm. you were already playing video games competitively. I'm, I'm always interested in what is, is interesting about competition or, or mm. what, what kind of drags people into the competitive arena in the first place. What is it for you, and and what is it in fighting games that, that you see that that does that for you? I think it's the, I think it's just how many. I'm a little bit different. Like I, I really enjoyed the mind games of fighting games. You know, really similar to chess when you're when you're one one on one situation. You know that your opponent has this many options. You have this many options, and now let's and now let's rock paper scissors, buddy. You know, that was kind of what, what, what drew me in was the strategies behind it, just how different it was from from shooters at the time. Luckily, I didn't get into MOBAs. Those were kind of crazy um, and, and just different mechanically. Right. And, you know, all those games, they do have those those mind games and those really high end strategies and the depth to it. But fighting games was just another monster for me where it was one on one. All all I have to rely on is that one person, what's going on through in his mind and what he's capable of. And that. That's what really drew me in as a competitor was I like doing that. And again, winning in those situations, it's it's very euphoric to overcome that because you're like, I outplayed someone and outread their mind in a sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like a common theme. You know, David, like he said, he's been asking a lot of people, but it seems like a lot of it really just does come down to people like the competition, but also just like being able to rely on themselves, you know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Well, talk to me about your competitive career in fighting games, huh? How did it go? All the ups and downs? Surely. It's about about this long. 
And most and most of them are no. Uh, <laughs> I I went. Um, I, tr I I competed. I competed for a lot of years straight. In these past few years, I've been more on the on the tournament side of things. Right. But yeah. but for my first few years um, in MK9, I traveled to every Big E event, a lot of East Coast events. Um, out of the gate for MK9, went 0-2 at I think my first three or four majors in a row. So Damn. stay humble out there, all of you guys. It's okay. It's, and actually, it's okay. you know what? You're right. Yeah, that's the important message, right? You did mm -hmm. that, but you kept going and had fun. I went, I went right? 0-2 and still had a good time. That's yeah. a really, really big thing to take away from that is that mm -hmm. the the experience was worth it, even outside of that. Was the, the that the event itself was awesome. Right. And then a game came out called Injustice, and Ooh. it and it had a character called <laughs> Aquaman in it. And okay. in that game, what character did you play? I, I played Ares, and I've got <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, I've got a really good story for you guys. I've got Aquaman a really was top tier. Surely you played Aquaman. I know he was so top tier. He was boring. Why? Just a, he was watching paint dry was Aquaman and Justice One. Why would they make a character? Why would they make Aquaman a boring character? He's not a I boring wonder. character. I wonder. I wonder. Okay, so this is this is a pretty cool story because this is technically my greatest result in a fighting game. Was I got fourth at the very first tournament for Injustice One. And there was about eight or nine testers in that tournament, so it felt pretty damn good. Let's go. Dang good. Can ban I the testers. My bad. My bad. Yeah, ban the testers. This was, oh. Anyway, I digress. So wait, 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 wait. wait. I, oh, I just yeah, need yeah. to clarify one thing. What David mm -hmm. is insinuating here is you were Mr. Aquaman long before Injustice 1. I was. And I still didn't play the character, even though I grew up. And my name is Aquaman because I'm a huge Aquaman fan. It's my favorite superhero. has been since I was a kid. But at the character select screen, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't, in all good consciousness, be bored out of my mind. That's and so, wild. And so, and, and crazy enough, it was in the first couple of days because when the game came out, um, it was a Tuesday. And Civil War, which was the first tournament for the game, was that weekend. It was, the game came out Tuesday. And that weekend it was happening. It was happening in Virginia. I lived in Virginia at the time. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. I, um, that entire week, um, we were at Blackula's house. Tom Brady was there. He actually won the tournament with Aquaman, did Tom Brady. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and he even infamously on the microphone said, you don't even play Aquaman. And he had a Superman shirt on while playing Aquaman. <laughs> like, can you believe the audacity to call me out? Okay. Wearing right. a Superman shirt, playing uh, Aquaman, but yeah. So, in, <laughs> in those first couple of days, um, at the character select screen, I kept looking at Ares and going, "Man, that guy looks really, really cool." And so I just picked him and found two really, really dirty things, which ended up being day one gimmicks that weren't that great at all. But day one, <laughs> ooh, day one, mm, it hit everyone, <laughs> and what went into that tournament ended up placing fourth. Uh, got double eliminated by Chris G. Um, who Green was, Arrow. Green Arrow. And again, he had a couple of... He had some time with the game prior. And mm. <laughs> I, no idea. Well, I got run over like the kid in Pet Cemetery. Like, I just... You know what I mean? Just flattened. And it is it is what it is. Um, and that was, that was like one of my biggest things was being able to within a span of a week, have a little bit of a jump over what felt like an awful lot of people 
in that game, and that gave me the biggest jump. Um, MK9 was that weekend as well. I got, I want to say that I got top eight and got seventh. And so that was like one of my best weekends as far as as far as a competitor goes was um, was actually having a decent result in MK9 when everyone was really good at it. And then in Injustice 1 and that carried it into uh, I want to say I got ninth place at the next major and then consistently got just outside of top 16 or within top 16 um, in that game. And it was with a character that was perceived as absolutely terrible. And that's why I'm such a huge, huge advocate, even to this day, of don't just play the top tiers, you know, play who you want to play and right. make it work. And those are some of my favorite people to watch of all time. So, yeah, although if I could go back in time, I wouldn't play Q, but I think that's <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe there's a limit. Maybe there's no more nightmares. Is, third Strike is a little different, okay? Third it's Strike a, is a, a limit. little different. Uh, but yeah, had, I, right. I, listen, listen, I had a terrible character that still had an unblockable armored launcher. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, yeah that game we was were, pretty wild we were we were doing okay it was a power character i could still hit someone for 80 percent if they messed up yeah. you know guaranteed like those are just the good old days of absolute brokenness and that that's what really kick-started my kind of path as a competitor because then i, then I had a lot of self-belief that i was like okay i can i, I can be all right and in mkx that that continued james you're about to ask something no no i was just to ask what do you consider your greatest result What's your greatest competitive accomplishment? Ooh. My single greatest accomplishment was very similar story. Mortal Kombat X came out. It was Virginia. It was about a, a couple of months after the game had come out, so it was fresh. And we had a really big regional at the time in Virginia called Top of the Food Chain. And Brady came down and he usually won them um even in injustice one and um prior and he came down talking a lot of smack it was a lot of smack tom i love you but that dinner table at the tgi fridays <laughs> boy i'll never forget the dinner table I, at the TGI I, fridays. I will never to i will take it to my grave and not, not only will i take that to my grave this is why that's why this is my single greatest uh accomplishment is that um, I ran into him in winter semis. Um, I want to say it was a 3-1 victory I got him. And he got the run back in grand finals. And I was down 5-0. He reset 3-0. He was up 2-0 on me. And I reversed 3 0 for the comeback. And it was the only time I've ever in person experienced or have really seen this in the FGC and there's a video of this on YouTube where the crowd rushed the stage and was jumping up and down surrounding me. I don't, it was such a big, like it wasn't my victory. It was everyone in the region. that <laughs> They all came to the stage and were like, yeah, he lost. Like it was crazy. That's awesome. And it, it was the most emotional like victory that I've ever experienced. Did you, did you grab the mic and say, I don't play Aquaman, but you don't deserve to play Sub-Zero. Because <laughs> that's what I would have done. No, I, I, I didn't say a single word. Um, I, it, was, it was kind of disbelief at the time, but it was a really big victory because Tom was one of the people that I had been kind of teaching me fighting games from the beginning right. um, there in Virginia. But boy, he talked a lot of smack about our, our region being free and that this is going to be a free victory for him. Wow. And uh, not today. Nice was work. My, was my response. Not today, sir. The favorite defense. Of like, of like all time, yeah. That's, that's super good, dude. Okay, yeah, all right. Story. So, uh, which, right. is, which is which is really similar because he was kind of dominant again in the beginning of Injustice as well in, in Virginia coming down and winning. So I, I, I put the stop to that. 
Nice. And that was nice. that was a really big regional thing. And regional pride was kind of the biggest thing in Injustice One. And that's that's why it's you know not to change topics, but that was one of my favorite eras of our community, at least in the Mortal Kombat NRS community, was Injustice sure. One because regional pride was mm. almost everything. Right, right. So you make a transition into doing more commentary than than playing and now even more like organizing and stuff mm -hmm. T talk to me about the transition into commentary how did that happen it happened um as a byproduct of putting a tournament together and it was cheaper for me to commentate it stream it and help run it than not and so i agreed to do commentary for for like my first event because um one of the first events that kind of got me notoriety as a commentator which was called combat cup it was a long mortal Kombat mm -hmm. series um, back in MKX, I had done a couple of um, biggie events where Shock from Combat Network is like, anyone want to hop on the mic? Because no one was <laughs> even, no one's even there. You know, those yeah. are the, those are the, those are that that was a biggie event in the side room, and right. Shock's just chilling. And mm -hmm. those are biggie <laughs> side rooms. Yeah, yeah there's definitely. A, there's one dude on the there's one dude on the mic, but he's eating like a bag of chips <laughs> right. and drinking a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even talking to like the camera, but like talking to a conversation. Of the, hey, how's it going today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you do? Uh, that sucks, man. 7-3. Dude, oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. I have it's seen, like I'm there. I think I, I know it. exactly which, you know, stream that was, you know? Like, seriously. I can see it. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, it's, I wasn't even really commentating. It was more just helping out um, at the time. And and ended up commentating this long series uh, and every, everyone seemed to enjoy it. So I just kind of kept doing it, but I had no aspirations of being a commentator oh, at all. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting that, thing to know. Yeah. So this was something that you, you know, never even set out to do, but I mean, as a result, I mean, you've done, I mean, you've done like a top eight at Evo before for one of these games. Right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like NRS finals for MK and injustice and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like sure. How does that feel though? I mean, was that just as exciting as, you know, perhaps, you know, <laughs> defeating Tom Brady with the first <laughs> 3-0? I mean, how did it's, that feel? It's, it's a completely different thing, man. Like with commentary, I ended up falling in love with aspects of, of commentary of entertaining that I didn't think that I would even enjoy at all. You know, when, when you're the one telling the story, when, when, when you're that kind of, um, communication between the viewer and what's happening on the screen. There's there, there's some there's some kind of mode that you enter, and it's it's when, when people ask me why I like commentary, it's one of the things I like to talk about. It's it's that focus that you get where the match is happening, and that's all that matters. You, your co-commentator, the match in front of you, you lose everything else. Like I don't know how to describe it fully, but it it, it takes away everything else happening in the world for the the time allotted and that feeling is just euphoric you're just so laser focused mm -hmm. and it's really hard to get that you know it's why we can't ever remember what the score is <laughs> or, the, or the previous match where we are in the bracket yeah. what, what time it is when the last bottle of water we had was when the yeah. last time we ate was because 10 yeah. hours went by yeah i mean it's, it's crazy to me because you said you like you didn't have aspirations for this but i honestly consider you like one of the greatest entertainers in in terms of like commentary like you're 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 it feels natural for you was that something that you had to like learn or was there an aspect of your life that just kind of slid you into that role i think it's just I don't even know, man. Nothing, nothing prior like gave any indication that I could like <laughs> do that at all. 
like nothing in my life was like yeah i was so boring nobody wanted to talk with me (laughs) right um i you know a a lot of people said i have a lot of charisma you know when talking to them and have a good personality so maybe those kind of little comments but nothing nothing too crazy and i think one thing that that happened was is that i i tried to bring i brought something different to the table at the time in our space anyway as far as like our commentators which was a lot more energetic. I watched way too much WWF and WCW in the 90s. And so <laughs> my my role models were Jim Ross and uh, Jerry the King Lar, and, and they, they were just very entertaining, energetic. And I, when I first started, I yelled probably too much. I've I've toned it down as I've progressed throughout the years. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really wild, rocky start. And then I just fine-tuned it as I went and... Like, like I tell anyone trying to be a commentator, trying to do anything really in this space is it's it just takes experience. It takes time mm-hmm. for sure. You know, mm-hmm. doing these things over and over again. And I was blessed to have an opportunity to have something where I was commentating, believe it or not. At one point, I was commentating 35 hours a week for a certain um, company. And since then, I still feel like I'm one of the people that commentates the most of like fighting game commentators. And that gives me a little bit of an edge um, in that regard too, of just having so much experience. I just do it f- multiple times a week for, for, for a couple years straight now. And it, that definitely helps as well. And goes with just, just keep doing it. And, and I create a lot, op- I create a lot, a lot of opportunities for myself too. You know, even if I don't yeah. get a lot, a lot of opportunities, I try to stay warm in that regard. Is there anything that you felt like you have to like, I'm always, I'm always curious about this side. Anything that you feel like you have to like overcome in in becoming a strong commentator? A lot of things. Um, you know, there's of course the big ones. You know, dealing with the negativity of you know people hearing your commentary and going, "Shut up, stop yelling." <laughs> you know, uh, well, that's those are the nice comments. Yeah, that's like that's a grade school insult, man. It's way worse. <laughs> It gets way worse. Shut that fat Pablo Escobar looking mother... You know, like... like, like yeah, comments, there you go. Yeah. There you uh, go. No, like, you people, know, they look, get personal, man. They do. They, they really, get very personal. They go, for the jugular, they go for the jugular, man. And it... Yeah, they want to hurt your feelings. You definitely need some thick skin in this. Um, overcoming... Because I have a, a light speech impediment where I stutter a lot. And yeah. this, this actually... It's something that I forget about a lot but commentary um in commentary when i bring up the octave of my voice for when i'm commentating because i don't sound like this when i'm commentating i have a lot more of like a deeper grainy um kind of a place i go to and i don't stutter while i'm there and that's that that's also why i really enjoy commentaries that i don't stutter while i commentate and i stutter every other sentence when i'm talking normal (laughs) sure it's interesting i i find that I'm, I mean, when I was a kid, I started a lot and it still happens sometimes, but I noticed that when I'm commentating, almost never. And I think it's, it's like, I'm, it's, I'm playing a part. Maybe I'm like, well, I'm if not you so guys figure out but... how to get rid of my lisp when I'm commentating, let me know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I think yeah, it's jerks. like, I, I think it's that like last samurai mentality of like, you know, you have your mind on so many things, but in commentary, again, your mind is so focused that that I, I feel like you just forget about it and that that's not even the thing that you think about. And so when you're not thinking about it, that's what helps the most, maybe. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. All right. 
Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about the things that you are doing, the opportunities that you're creating. You've you've been super active uh, on your stream and working with other people. Uh, talk about that aspect of things for you. Yeah, I I run I currently run a Mortal Kombat well kind of a Nether Realm series. I do all of our games and um, and regions now with uh, a series called the Coliseum, which is a passion project of mine and one other gentleman and. We get help from one other guy, and so it's a very small team that tries to uh, put on a, a really good show, and I feel like we put on a really good show. You know, the production value is something that, that we really focus on and treasure, and the entertainment value of it all. And for, on my end, it's more I get to kind of live out my fantasy of doing whatever I want from an or organizational standpoint and having a really good stage to do it. And so this year I've done my own global series with Mortal Kombat 11. I was just like, F it. I wanted to, I wanted to give everyone a shot. And with my current series, I'm doing every single NetherRealm competitive title in a row. And the most proud thing that I'm like with this one in particular is next weekend and the weekend after is you guys were talking about Marvel earlier. And when they did Twitch Rivals Marvel, I was mm -hmm. like, I think what, what most people should have been like, how are they doing that? And how are they doing this online? And so started looking in the Parsec, started looking yeah. into Cloud Parsec and finding out who was using it and then got some really good help from the guys at Wednesday Night Fights. It was uh, Boone, mm -hmm. um, Wicked Boone, who sat down with me and kind of showed me the ropes. And it was sure. it was a, it was a couple of months of setup. And um, because I'm like, why wouldn't this work for our games, for right. us to be able to enjoy Injustice 1 again, us to be able to enjoy Mortal Kombat 9 again? And that's exactly what I did over the past uh, few months is work on nope. that, set that up and got some invitationals for those games. And so far, tests have been wonderful. The, yeah. the players have been the players have had their minds blown. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw I saw you tweet about it. And I, as soon as I saw you tweeting about Injustice 1 with Parsec, I was like, yo, this is such a great idea. Like I was like, I was like really excited. It's a, it's a super good idea. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you are making it happen. Um, how how have how's the how's the reaction been to that idea in the scene? The reaction's been I I can't tell sometimes, but it's been mostly positive. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, you know, MK9, yeah, Injustice One, yeah, but you know, I can only I can only choose or with everything I else I had going on, I only had so much mental cognitivity to track down as many old people as I could that no longer exist <laughs> um, on the internet. Which, which, that's one of the unfortunate truths about the NetherRealm community is that, you know, a lot of the OGs are gone. A lot of the guys that played MK9 are gone. They're not around sure. anymore. A lot of the guys that played Injustice 1, they're not around anymore. And so I had to get a really good mix of people that were still hard to find and people that are still active. And so, you know, there has been a lot of negative responses of, oh, why isn't so-and-so invited, blah, blah, blah. But I, th I think that they're just... Yeah, but I think that they're they're missing the point that this is above all of that. It's just meant to be a good time for one. So suck it. And two, <laughs> you know, this is this is testing something that could be massive for our community. We get to enjoy those old games again. Like chill out. I agree. That's, that's Absolutely about, right. That's, yeah. That's 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 chill out, nerd. You know, <laughs> like calm down a little bit, sit back and enjoy the show. Right. And uh, watch watch these 
you know, potential infinites in MK9 and armored interactable watchers <laughs> and Injustice 1 happen, man. Just sit back and let it happen. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> I mean, from my standpoint, I mean, I mean, David, you can confirm this. I mean, with my limited interaction with the NRS community, you know, I really feel like you are like one of the most prominent people. I don't want to say you're like carrying the scene or anything like that, but I feel like you are doing so much work for the NRS scene. I mean, would you say that like, that's like the case, David? I mean, you probably yeah, have totally. a bit, Yeah. I mean, like, how does that feel? You know, hearing somebody say something like that, like to me, you're one of the biggest players in the entire NRS community and uh, like one of the, the main go-to guys, uh, you know, going from just a player having fun and now you are like one of the people keeping the scene as strong as it is. Um, I wish I wasn't, you know, I wish that <laughs> we were, you know, we're, 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 we're in a position where, you know, potentially there were others doing more things or there was more going on than just, you know, kind of my stuff because it's a lot of pressure. It it is it is a ton of pressure, and it's in a community that that has its issues, and some of it's not even the community's fault. You know, we're we're coming towards the end of a of a cycle of a game, and our community knows that the next game could potentially just be a completely different game that they don't like, and you know that's that's the sad NRS cycle is that you know I feel like the NRS cycle isn't that a game comes out every two years; it's that a completely different game comes out every two years. Sure. And we lose and, and we lose a lot of players and all that fun stuff. So it's really hard to retain all these players. And we're in that position right now. Like this is this this is the time to try to retain as many people as possible, because without growth, I think I think the FGC as a whole is screwed. Like 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 we all need um, more, more players. We need more interest in these tournaments. We need more viewers watching these tournaments if we want to go somewhere special. And so I've done my best to try to, you know, do that. And I do these events because I like seeing these communities grow and I like giving them the spaces to enjoy the games, play them and win a bit of money. I've raised quite a bit of money on Matcharino and was, was one of the, <laughs> was one of, I think I may have been one of the first people to do it in the mortal Kombat community. And thank you Arturo for yeah. just every day going Matcharino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> every, every day from, from Arturo. Uh, absolutely love that guy. And, you know, uh, I think we're around 25,000 in the past couple of years raised Dang. in, in uh, pop bonuses for the NRS community. So um, we've, I've just tried my best to keep everyone together and keep us, keep us going because we're, we're in a weird time right now. So that's what really motivates me right now right. to keep going. But to be in that position of like being the guy, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> and I have I have really bad days and I have really good days. And that's the answer to that. Okay. For sure. Okay. Well, you're you look good, dude. Oh <laughs> nice work. That's what the shades are for. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's to hide all of the dread that that's yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the bags. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. man. I get it. I'm with you. Yeah. Dude, I've always said your your choice to wear sunglasses is actually the most genius idea for a commentary. Oh, it's, it's great. Like it I has so forget. it has so many benefits that people don't even realize. Like not not only not only can you be tired and nobody will know, but you can also like read or look at brackets and nobody oh, will know that you're David. reading or scripts or looking can at I brackets. Can I a story from Final Combat about you, David? Yeah. We this this was one time where where he he directly felt the impact of my aviators on commentary because we because we we had to do a, a read off for like like a commercial or something of of like coming back from a break and going to a break and the script was over here 
And so David had to look over me- right. and memorize a little bit and then try to go. But then it was so long that he did. All right, hold on. Right. I got to read this again. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, I'm looking right at it while looking right at the camera, just reading it word for word. <laughs> <laughs> what a genius, dude. That's oh, too smart. Well, before right. we let you go, I, I, I actually yeah. have had this question loaded up the entire time. Ooh. I need to know. Why the stash? Where did that come from? When did this start? What's the history behind the Mr. Aquaman mustache? Um, it's the only thing I can grow that looks good. But <laughs> when go, going back to kind of one of my origin stories in Injustice 1, you know, I, I did really well in, in the first tournament and I traveled to a tournament called Summer Jam, got ninth. And I at the time kind of inf- infamously upset one of the best players on the planet. His, his name was CD Jr. Okay. I actually double eliminated him, eliminated him from bracket um, to get into top 16. Sick. And a very large community figure at the time, Pig of the Hut, was like, who is this Tom Selleck looking motherfucker that... <laughs> Sorry, not to, not to curse. I don't no, know. You do it. Do it. You, there's no limitation. There's no limitation. <laughs> it, was, it was like, who's this Tom Selleck looking guy that just beat CD Jr.? And then he made a tester might post that's front paged that has a picture of Tom Selleck of like mustached wow. warrior in top 16. And I just rolled with it. That's sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's there for life at this point now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let that be a lesson to everyone, like to use, use anything like that to your advantage to build a brand. Like I cannot tell you how many wonders that like that, that has done for me, you know, people, people affiliate me with so many things. Cause I've done such a good job of building a brand. Most people think I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink a lot. Only on stream. <laughs> You're stream. <laughs> only on stream. Wait, don't you stream 35 hours a week? Isn't that what you just got? Hey, this thing, this thing, this thing, what, what is this? It? Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, but, but but no, I, you know, that it, it just helped with kind of building a brand. And it it's 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 something that helped when I traveled to events. They're like, oh, mustache guy. And sure. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's your brand, dude. Mm-hmm. I, and that's, that's if, strong. It's strong. If you guys have anything like that, you know, definitely use it to your advantage. And I hope you guys learn something about it, uh, this space and keep playing, everyone. Keep playing those yeah. games. Keep entering tournaments. Let's let's keep going. Please to plug yourself. Where can people follow you, etc.? Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Aquaman and also M-I-S-T-E-R, as it, as it says right there. And then on mm-hmm. Twitch, M-R Aquaman, because someone stole my Twitter account. Aquaman's a pretty popular name, so I can't really be yeah. that angry. <laughs> and second, second piece of advice real quick is pick a much cooler name when you start, because there's no going back after you're known. <laughs> All right, that is one hundred percent true. Something way cooler than Mister Aquaman. All right, I I have to go to a family reunion and talk to my twelve year old <laughs> nephew who's like, "Why is your name Aquaman?" <laughs> you pull out the Aquaman wallet. I mean, Here's why. Obviously, yeah, you've already went into it. I ask everyone, but it was just because you like Aquaman, and that was it. And yeah, you're that's, missed, it. that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. The whole that, story. That, 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 all right that was literally it and uh yeah follow me on, on on twitch and twitter um that's where all my events go down that's where i try to not only talk about my events but i try to shout out as many other events as possible um like david was talking about earlier i do get to work with a lot of other uh community events in the nether realm space 
Um, and there's a lot going on. We have a lot of great grassroots yeah. organizers doing crazy things online. And that's one of the best things about the NetherRealm space right now is you guys can tune into some awesome online events. So check them out. I definitely agree with that. Cool, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. And also, thanks to uh, Solid Bones for the raid of 257. What's going on, everyone? Oh, dang. Nice. Ooh. Good stuff. What's going on, Welcome to Solid the Bones? Welcome. Thank you very much. If you guys are wondering what's going on, we just talk about FGC uh, every week. And as you probably just saw, we try to bring on guests and interview them and just, uh, yeah, talk about our opinions on a bunch of stuff as well. So, Well, it was cool to hear from Mr. Aquaman. He's a good dude. Yeah, cool. Thanks a lot to him for coming on little insight into his background in there the fact that he isn't an aquaman player just will never not be funny it's just, <laughs> it's just a great fact about yeah. the world yeah uh, again, also he's right I mean, aquaman is super boring very boring character uh, i don't think my ability to talk to fish will help us this time <laughs> yeah but also like what a funny like i feel like you just you get an insight into his personality and like the quirkiness and interestingness of it that his favorite superhero is Aquaman. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what? Like, what? For sure. Dang. Uh, okay. All right. Like, all it's right. like that. I mean, you know, I've okay, talked to them about okay. this before. Like, it is, it is great. It is great though. Oh, man. All right, cool. Let's move on to the five-five matchup segment. This is where. Viewers send in questions, and we let the people in chat pick the two that we're going to talk about. Fighting game-related stuff. Let's talk about what the topics are for this week. Here we go. And, uh, by the way, I, do you have the poll set up? I'm setting it up right now. Okie dokie. Once he has it set up, you'll just be able to vote right here in chat. Here's number one. If you had to do a money match against Justin Wong, but got to choose the fighting game, what game would you choose and how likely are you to win? Number two, if there was an exhibition of online versus offline warriors in any game, who would you bet on? Number three, how do you feel about the current state of the FGC and its division between grassroots and mainstream? Do you agree with Hold Back to Block's video about how the FGC needs to be like wrestling with its mixture of grassroots and esports presentation? Four, Japanese Street Fighter League this season ditched the ban system and has away and home games. Away team specifies player order up front. Home team sees that and chooses who to put up after each game. Is this better than a character ban system? Number five, should fighting game balance be based on execution difficulty? People don't seem to mind overpowered things as long as they're difficult to execute, like Rev2, Johnny, almost all versions of Akuma, etc. Yeah, I agree with the guy in the chat who just said that these, is, oh, uh, that, that, that these are good questions this week. These uh, are, this is really yeah. good, good questions. Uh, exclamation mark one, exclamation mark two, exclamation mark three, exclamation mark four, exclamation mark five. Start typing them into the chat. If you are a subscriber to us, you can also put in two votes. So uh, normally if you put in a changed vote, it erases your previous one. But if you are a subscriber, you will register two votes in there. So and don't forget um, it's September. So those subs are discounted. That's right. That's right. And I see David and Tubo affecting the results here with their votes. Yeah, I, I'm a sub. I pay for that right. <laughs> yeah, man, look. You can vote for yourself in real elections, too. That's true. Shang Tsung enters his own tournaments, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. So, uh, wow, actually, uh, we've got a pretty close one here, so I'm going to let it rock. I mean, literally, 
uh, three of them are basically tied right now. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, get those votes in whilst you can. Exclamation point. One, two, three, four, five. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, usually I can call it at this point and just be like, literally three of them are tied on my screen. 28.3%. Like oh, really? all oh, no. three of them have the exact same count. Uh, what should I do? <laughs> Yeah, you should put it in your vote, James. Is what you yeah, should. you're going to be the tiebreaker, James. You should put in your vote, James. Fine, 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 fine. He's going to vote for a, vote. one of the other two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> Exclamation point two. All right, let's give it a countdown. Okay. Take it from 10. 10, 10 9, that's way too 9 8, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 4 3, 3, 2, 1, two, 0. That's all. One. All right. Let's lock in. So uh, close the poll for votes. Are you serious? We're serious. What happened? What'd you get? What'd you get? Are you serious? You got a three-way Is tie. A three-way tie again. If it's a three-way tie, we're 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 just we're picking. We're just gonna pick, absolutely. Yeah, we don't got time for this. Yeah, we're on a tight 26. schedule nowadays. Twenty-six point four seven. <laughs> what? It actually tied three for ways. All so three great. of them. I clicked close, <laughs> and it's literally all three of them are tied. I think we should do all three, probably. Right. All right, fine, point. but we'll we'll be fast about it because we are yes, again trying to sure, actually end sure, on time sure, these days. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. If you had to choose a money match, but against Justin Wong, but got to choose the fighting game, what would you choose? You should uh, change the subject too. Yes, yeah. I'm doing that right and, now. And this is great. This is great that this is what we're starting with here because this is a fast answer. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for me, I there's not a single fighting game that I could pick that I could beat Justin Wong in. I don't think. Not a single. Okay, so I do have a winning record against Justin. I am 1-0 with our mains in Super Turbo, but that was at B4, I think it was, or B5. When he was playing Vega, he wasn't even an old Sagat player at the time. He's beaten me again, but that was in a tournament where we weren't allowed to use our mains, so that doesn't count. So, uh, But now that he uses old Sagat, I don't think I could even beat him in that game. So I don't think that there is a game that I could beat him in. Like a fighting game. Now that he uses Old Sagat. He's I been playing Old Sagat for like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so John Carson Games jokes, dive kick probably. Well, let me tell you, I've played Justin Wong in the grand finals of a dive kick tournament and I lost. So uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I, think, I think I would say I would play Mortal Kombat 11 against him because I know that he hasn't been playing Mortal Kombat 11. That's all. I would I would try to pick a game where I know that he hasn't played and a game that has like enough tech required that I could just beat him because I know the tech and he doesn't know the tech. Like he'll <laughs> see strings for the first time and not know if they're overheads or lows. And that's my chance. And it has to be is does it say how many games we have to play? No. Money match. We're playing a first to two, baby. First to two, me versus Justin Wong in Mortal Kombat eleven. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> a game that he's never played, and and that's basically my chance. Uh, I'll pl I'd play Justin in U the original UFC game on Xbox 360. Okay, so again, that, a that, game that game that game literally had a random knockout factor. You could jab someone and make it just buckle, and that's that's the match. <laughs> so 
Yeah, you can definitely hit, you know, a few Superman punches with Chuck Liddell on Justin Wong and take him <laughs> out. Absolutely. Also, I played the shit out of that game. I played a lot of that game. And I know that Justin has not. So, yeah, see, see me on UFC on Xbox 360, bucko. I'll play, I'll play for 5K. Put it up. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Tetris was an option as a fighting game, 100%. I, I mean, he's good at Tetris. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he's not me. Let's just put it that way. So, Dang. You know, I mean, Okay. I, what about gonna, Puyo Puyo? Cause no, I suck at Puyo Puyo. Like I oh, couldn't, okay. I couldn't touch him in Magic Drop, Magical Drop. He's ridiculous at that game, you know, and he's definitely good at those. But you know, what about? Tetris. Oh no, you don't play Puzzle Fighter, damn. Yeah, I don't. Uh, play K John eighty six says a more accurate question would be how many matches would it take for Justin to learn a new game to beat your ass in it? That's why it's the first to two. It's not many quick. games. It's not I mean, many. I, I will always tell the story that he went to one tournament. This was pretty early on. This was Deer String Street Fighter 4. But he won 100% of the tournaments that he entered in, including the side tournament of Vampire Savior, including KOF 2002, which he told me he had never played before. And he just used his 98 strategies. And, uh, I mean, that's just... That's just how dude, he I mean, is. Dude. More more recently, I watched it, this now a while ago, but in CEO when Sam Show was new, and um, uh, who who was it? Who was Corey playing, Bell? Uh, it was Corey. Sam, Bell. Yeah, it was Corey. It was Corey. That's right. Yeah. So so Corey and Justin sit down to play a Tam Tam Mirror, and Justin hadn't played the game yet. Corey's been grinding it. He's a really good player, and. Yeah. How many games did it take for Justin to like never lose again? It was just like it was yeah. like two or three, right? It like it was literally games. almost right away. And then they played in grand finals, and I think Justin won, right? So, <laughs> so that's how it like, goes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Corey so. did himself in at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll do uh, the next one here. Uh, question number five. How do you feel about the current state of the FGC and its division between grassroots and mainstream? Do you agree with Hold Back the Block's video about how the FGC needs to be like wrestling with its mixture of grassroots and esports presentation? Well, I haven't watched the video. I am subscribed to that channel, as everybody should be. Shout out to Esteban. Uh, but I haven't seen the latest one yet. So I, I don't know specifically what the video says. But Yeah, I, I have not watched it either. I but, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. You can go. I was gonna say, but I uh, am definitely in the minority, and I'm gonna get booed and jeered out of this chat right now. But uh, I think wrestling sucks. So no, I don't want those corny ass storylines in the FGC. I want organic, real stories. I want I want Hotashi versus Marn followed by Hotashi versus Punk. I don't want esports like pretend crap <laughs> storyline i don't want it it's stupid it's boring it's lame i oh just to be fair i think the storytelling of of wrestling sucks the athleticism and the matches and the choreography great you for guys sure. that's yeah, awesome of course, of course for sure but but the, the actual like the vince mcmahon storyline bullshit like get that out of don't no i don't want that absolutely not absolutely not also it gives people uh the feeling that they can go I'm just a villain in the FGC and say terrible shit and get away with it. Like I, I it's been done several times before. I, I can't support that. Like that, the, the, the way that the people treat that. If you do terrible shit, you're not a villain. You're just a bad person. So like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just think it supports that. I just think it supports that. It's whack. Uh, 
Do you want to go, David, or do you want me to go? Well, I agree with that. Uh, I don't. I don't particularly. I mean, I'm not somebody who watches wrestling. I was when I was in my younger days. But yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not opposed to it in any way. It's just it's not something that I'm I'm watching now. As far as grassroots and esports presentation, right? That's what the. Do you agree with Hold Back to Block's video about how the FGC needs to be like wrestling with its mixture of grassroots and esports presentation? I if if the if again I haven't seen the video, but if it's talking about the presentation and not the forced storylines, then I think there there is uh, some aspect of it that we that we do need. I like the. The fact that the FGC has, I, I would say personally, a pretty good mix of grassroots and esports presentations. We definitely still have the tournaments, well, maybe pre-COVID, I'm sure that these will come back, but in fact, some of them already have. The, the tournaments where they're just locals, they're just small, you know, those are, those are absolute grassroots. You have the majors sure. that still feel very grassroots, right? They feel like the same kind of environments that they felt like yeah. for many, many years. Just those are still there. Uh, and they do not feel at all to me like esports events. And then at the at the upper level, you definitely have like big esports events. You know, we we for sure have that stuff now. It's not just um, you know, it's it's Evo uh, again in offline days. It's um, you know, we play was doing it for a while. Red Bull was doing it for a while before that. Like we have these things. So I like that we have all of those, and I think that all of those are necessary. I would not want to see us only do one or only do another. I like having that mix. It is fun for me as a viewer to have that mix. To ha- and for me as a as a player, I think I would like that. I'm not actively competing, but I do really like having the grassroots style. I think I would enjoy having the opportunity to be in an esports production as a player too and as a commentator. I think it's fun. Yeah, like if I'm sure. if I'm doing a weekly stream, my style of commentary is different than if it's an absolute mega major or if it's if even if it's like a grassroots major versus um, versus a Red Bull kind of production, like those those feel different. They allow me to do different things on commentary. So I like having this mix. Yeah. And if that's what the point of the video is about, then I'm on board with that. Yeah. Again, uh, some people are asking why we're talking about wrestling. I don't have the whole question on there, but it says, do you agree with holding back the blocks video about FGC needs to be like wrestling with its mixture of grassroots and esports presentation? Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree with the premise, you know, because I don't think East grassroots and esports presentation are mutually exclusive. I think you can definitely handle both of it. My favorite yeah. example of that is more of just what inside the NBA did during its prime i always bring up this example when it was uh ernie Kett and uh, ernie jet and uh charles barkley when it was just the three of them on the on the inside the nba because they were the what they were just saying whatever they want highlights would come out sometimes they weren't even talking about the highlights they created the go- <laughs> they, they, they talk about the gone fishing meme to the point where all the players would even be like yo tell tell you know kenny and charles that we're not going fishing just yet like when they don't get eliminated and you know like it it, it pervade through there and you know these are guys sitting in the studio with suits on and everything but they were just like talking smack to each other other the whole time and and stuff and and we can do that like that's what we can definitely do but you know again what's beautiful about the fgc like david said is that we have the leeway to do whatever we want right we haven't been niched into these kind of things and one of my favorite things is the to's 
choosing to go the routes that they do, right? So, for example, L.I. Joe, for East Coast Throwdown, they go a very heavy metal route, right? They bring in the music. They go into that kind of, that realm. Jabali literally turned CEO into, like, a wrestling tournament kind of thing. Like, you know, he had his wrestling thing. And, you know, I love the fact that different people have a different idea of how to present their events, and that's the way it should go, right? I mean, CEO was more esports. Combo Breaker is more is more community focused. Still fairly esports, but still very grassroots. And you know, a lot of people say, you know, when you go to Evo, like, and you're like, oh, Evo is so esports now. You, dude, people are still playing on fold out tables with like the little <laughs> like the little black drapery over them. You know, I mean, it, I've heard esports people discuss it before, and they're like. Wow, this is way more ghetto than I thought it would be. Like this is actually <laughs> not nearly as like I thought it would be fancier than this. And it's like you don't get yeah, out of here. They do. They use that word about it too. That's why yeah. Uh huh. And like, not, it's, which is not great. Right. Exactly. And so like, I just like the fact that we have that opportunity to do both. But again, as a man who has come from the arcade culture, the grassroots thing, the the you have a quarter, you can play. You pay the entry fee, you can play. Is something that's super important. I don't know if we can maintain it forever because there's just going to be too many people who don't have that experience. So they'll never be able to really relate to it. But as long as a bunch of us old people are still doing stuff, I mean, hopefully we can maintain it as much as possible because I think it's really important to the community. I, I really do think it, it defines our community in a lot of way with this whole, you know, anyone can play, anyone can enter, anyone could be a champion. Just because you're Daigo or Justin doesn't mean you shouldn't challenge them, you know, which is why I actually laud what, what Roundhouse did. I don't want to have the players elevated to a point where it's like, they're them and we're just us, you know, like I want Mr. Aquaman to beat Tom Brady, you know, at an event like that, you know, that's the important thing to me. And hopefully we can maintain that. So I hear that. All right, let's get to the third of these. All right. And sorry, uh, I, I found a cat whisker and I'm playing with the cat whisker on my it, That's why my hands are fidgeting. Some people were asking, like, they were like, are you dunking a tea bag? What are you doing, James? So, yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. So, all right, we got a minute 30 to answer this. Should oh, fighting no. game balance be based on execution difficulty? People don't seem to mind overpowered things as long as they are difficult to execute, e.g. Rev 2, Johnny, almost all versions of Akuma, etc. No. Okay. That's it. No. Dot com. Uh, I mean, look look at the cross-up arcade stick and what happened with Electric Wing Godfist. I think that's a perfect example of balancing behind execution being a poor design choice. But do you mean because it could be upset so easily? Like all you need is a new kind of controller and that... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, we're going to keep... Hardware is going to keep progressing. We're going to find easier ways to execute. So doing that is like... Do you really want to challenge the the people with uh, the ability to, you know, then we have to limit controllers and blah, blah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it personally. Uh, Tekken, I think is unique in that aspect because switching controllers doesn't change the execution in the Guilty Gear game a lot of the time. Like I think Exert is just as hard, whether what, depending on what you're using. 
I think Tekken is actually just a really, really specific one because they built some really joystick button specific execution, which is uh was not a good idea. Um I think that fighting games are always balanced based off of execution difficulty. You know, obviously there are some differences with that in terms of like, you know, Rising Thunder and stuff like that. But I mean, there's a reason why the SPD input is always going to be an SPD input a lot of the times. You know what I mean? Like it's designed. Well, isn't it half circle back forward for Potbuster or am I mistaken? That and you can do, uh, you can also do a 360 on that one. But the thing about it is no matter what, no matter what you do, that's going to take at least six frames to execute no matter what because it's the half circle forward motion right it's intentionally designed that way if zangief you could do five eighths of a circle again that's uh six frames of execution no matter what and so if zangief could walk up and in one frame spd you in super turbo it changes how he plays drastically if he could walk up and one frame you even in street fighter 5 with a single button that changes how zangief plays drastically the games are always balanced around that kind of thing and so the whole idea of trying to eliminate execution from fighting games i think is is just not a real thing like it's always well, I, I don't think you should eliminate execution I just don't think you should lock strong characters behind execution. Yeah. That's and, all. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think that that's just kind of going to be stuck that way. And uh, like, I just feel like that that's just going to happen well, to a lot of characters. So is it though? Because I don't think that's a problem in grand blue. Um, it's really not too much of a problem in like killer instinct. Well, I mean, there are certainly, there are, where, yeah. A super where, turbo where is, another one. is not good. Right. Like that's the, so it's, it's not, it's not the case that, that difficulty and execution is, is hiding good or bad balance necessarily. I think that, I think there are some cases where in large part players have figured things out that are hard to do that are really good. I feel like that is maybe more commonly the case. Yeah. But, um, but as far, as far as like the intentional design, I don't, I don't really like the idea of having, um, difficult execution be what is like the gateway to strong character to a strong character um i'm cool with there being a character or multiple characters that require strong execution because there are people who like that and those characters shouldn't be they shouldn't be bad because i mean a nobody should be bad ideally but also if you're going to put in a lot of time to the character you don't want it to be bad and i think that's probably true whether it takes a lot of execution style learning or if it takes a lot of just like strategic and different situations kind of learning those characters probably shouldn't be bad but like still regardless i don't want i don't want it to be the case that you know learn good thing equals strong character and yeah. I, and as far as this question goes i don't think it's true i mean i'm not a i'm not a guilty gear player so uh tell me if this is not but i suspect it's not true that people are actually cool with johnny if he's so, so strong and I also definitely know that when Akuma has had strong stuff that takes difficult execution to do, people are still not cool with it. So yeah. it like every time that I've Dato seen... Dato is another good example. I, I just, I don't think that it's true that people don't mind these things being overpowered as long as they're hard to do. I just, you know, they don't do that themselves maybe, but I don't yeah. know if that, that makes anybody who's not doing the thing be like, well, it, but it's hard, so it's cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, from my standpoint, I don't think... Akuma has ever really been a high execution character. 
in any yeah form. <laughs> I, I would agree the coma is not high execution <laughs> but you know whatever it, the, the, the person who has a question felt that way yeah but you know i mean obviously there's a lot of things you know to consider right oh, i got I mean, Thanos snapped like, again oh dang okay <laughs> Like, I mean, if you talk about something like uh, a parry, right? Parry, you, you, it needs to be harder to do, right? Obviously, there is an execution factor on there. And the reason why most people are okay with that execution factor is because it's dependent on the opponent, right? But, I mean, once the Chun-Li super starts and Daigo starts pairing the whole entire thing, you know... If it was Street Fighter V and I can mash parry and then only pause at one point and then mash parry, it's not nearly as exciting as it was as a third strike, right? So, you know, there's always going to be some things that you have to consider execution for. So it's. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think the character or the discussion is like, is execution a good idea or not, right? It's, yeah, right. it's, it's just well, in. But, but the whole balancing. thing is like, that's how you're balancing parries, right? You're balancing the concept of parries by giving them a small window to actually connect, right? You you have to balance. Oh, well, is a, is a universal system mechanic balanced, though? I, I'm yeah, not I guess sure. I, I guess I didn't th think about that. Uh, but I guess okay, yeah, I guess if you want to read that, I mean, I mean, may, method, I mean, it but... is right. Like each character could use the tools differently. I I don't know. Right, yeah. but it's a difficult let's question. Say, let's say that and then you make it so that only one character has a parry. Do you want to make that harder to execute so he's not broken? That's the question, right? Let's say you gave Gil third strike style parry instead of the kind of parry that he has in the game right now. He just hits forward or down. Would you make sure the window is a certain size to make sure his parries are not too strong? Or should it not matter? In other words, if he has a parry, just give him a five parry window. It's fine because, you know, it doesn't matter. You could, you know, or do you actually balance it that way? So, again, in those kind of situations, I feel like execution is going to be a factor, right? You're going to put something like that in there. Now, if you're going to balance a character so that they have to do quarter circle forward times nine just, you know, for just to be, because that move just gives you an instant win, you know, that's dumb, right? Obviously, you need to have that kind of balance, but like Gold Lewis has a 1080 there, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, for example, uh, Voldo has a really great whiff punishing lethal hit that's 666B. Six, six, six you have to tap forward three times. So it's harder to get out as compared to just four, just 66B, six, six for example. Like things will always kind of come into a factor, right? Those little things will always be there. Uh, it shouldn't dominate the game. You shouldn't balance around it, but it should always be a understanding factor and an effect into how you create a character, basically, so... All right, cool. Well, okay. let's move on. Ew, Melty Blood type Lumina. Let's talk about Melty. More. So there was a character trailer for Noel. Uh, there's also a bunch more gameplay footage on their YouTube channel. If you'd like to check that out, uh, there are matches with um, uh, Shiki's on there. I'm opening up right now in CL as well. Uh, so if you'd like to check that out, you can. The game comes out September 30th, which is pretty soon now. We're in that month. That's the month that we're in. And we are uh, there. So if you are you know, at all curious about the game, I recommend checking it out. Did you guys check out these trailers or gameplay? 
Yes, I did, actually. Uh, I mean, again, the character aesthetics are hard for me to get around a little bit, just because I feel like a lot of the characters look the same. Uh, but having watched the match footage really left an impression on me. One, the game is beautiful, because if you look at it compared to the original Melty Bloods, like the sprites, the sprites are just really, really high res, and it's just, it, yeah. it's, it's a very nice looking game, and it's cool because it's a 2D game, which we don't have a lot of these days. Um, and then... Amber Alert! James, go save him! Run yeah. outside! Silver Alert, Missing Endangered Elderly. Interesting. Okay, are you getting oh, a silver going alert? Off on That's what that is? Yeah. It was going off on my phone, too. I just... Uh, yeah, guys, it. you have to go save the elderly. I Bro, I can, I'll take the show from here, you guys. <laughs> go save the elderly person, please. Good luck oh, out man. there. But I, I also want to say, though, that the pacing, the speed of the game looks really fun. Like, even before the fight starts, you guys can just run around and dash everywhere. And then it's fight, you know, kind of Marvel style, but even like more freeform. And I just really like the way that the game was moving and the speed of it. And again, I have no history with Melty Blood. And so when I was watching that match and seeing how it moved, I saw some of the mechanics. Like, if you lose a round, you gain an extra bar. It seems like everybody has three bars. And as soon as you lose a round, you get a fourth bar added. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. store up the four supers and stuff like that i know it just it looked very clean and I, so i'm i'm kind of excited about that I, i'm kind of excited to see what this game can do and like i said with the fact that it has rollback netcode i've seen a lot of people picking up the the fan-made melty blood game that actually the, the actress again that has the rollback built into it and a lot of people are saying positive things about it so i'm, I'm excited for the game uh i don't know how much i'll play it just because there's too many damn fighting games but like i said i'm excited to see the community embrace the game basically well, i've only I saw what say jam shown so <laughs> say jam goes live right at the end of my work day i turn on say jam he goes what's up guys going on say jam fans you unit here and then uh he talks about guilt or uh Melty blood. He's like, well, listen, guys, looks like you get an extra bar. That's why I knew about the extra bar. So, <laughs> but yeah, I've only I've only seen the footage that Sajam is is harshly critiqued. It, he, he's actually excited for the game, just to be clear. It reminds me of Injustice. That's what immediately jumped to my mind watching that game. Uh, I'm an Injustice player. I really, really like the Injustice games. They're very boring looking. And I ha always had a really hard time convincing people to play Injustice with me. And I I'm not, didn't work, really. I had, to, <laughs> I had to go looking for people to play. Because it's boring looking. Like, it, the colors are washed out. Nothing's happening in the backgrounds. The, the character models are really, really nice. Like the sprites in Melty. Yeah. They're, they're very nice sprites. Very, very nice models. But they're just not doing, like, flashy stuff most of the time. Mm -hmm. I find those games so fun. Honestly, they're some of my favorite fighting games. I love Injustice. I, un I understand why people aren't playing. Like, the, the music is completely forgettable. You, may, you might have heard it and you didn't even know. Batman slowly walks up the steps, <laughs> presses the button ca calmly, quietly, and the computer goes, Injustice. Let's fight. Or whatever. Whatever. The, I don't remember what it is at the beginning at the round start. It's, I don't know why they made it like that. Like, it's such a fun game and the audiovisuals technically great also boring that's how i feel about melty so i'm gonna i'm gonna play it because it looks like it's a fun game to me the gameplay looks cool the the art style is completely forgettable to me i feel like most of the characters so far are 
I mean, there's going to be different colors, but like they're all blue or black colored. Well, there, there's a there's a color editing mode in the there's game. There's going to be so an edit. Can, yep. You can make whatever colors you want. Yep, absolutely right. But the but and with Injustice, like I would always put on weird colors in Injustice too, because you can't <laughs> do that, right? You can, you can make your own Dolls. effectively. Um, so it just I feel like there's a lot of similarities between the two in that way. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to the gameplay. The gameplay looks like it's a lot of fun. I will definitely try it out. Uh, I don't remember what any of the characters looked like or sounded like, or if there was music, or um, I, one of the stages was. Or if just there was music. There's a building in the background on the stage that I was watching. No <laughs> <laughs> more. But uh, whatever, you know, that's not really what matters to me. What matters to me is how fun the game is, and it looks like it's a fun game to play. Also, cool. Uh, recently shown was uh ash was revealed in the big big trailer that was shown at gamescom already but we've got an official ash trailer there i know in the gamescom trailer everyone thought that he looked kind of funny the lips were kind of look weird but i felt like in the new trailer it looked a little better um but again obviously we don't have the shock and surprise like ah ash is back you know for this kind of thing uh ash looks like ash to me uh we haven't done a synchronized episode on it so i don't have any updates on changes of lore or anything like that for you guys here but definitely looked cool and uh brand new model wasn't in 14 and so uh yeah i mean ash looks really cool ash uh ash looks like ash (laughs) i mean look i thought ash looked good i'll be honest that has not always been my opinion about kof 15 trailers but i thought ash looked good yeah. I thought it was cool. It's, I think yeah. the the uh, particle effects continue to be a struggle in that game, but yeah. the the rest of it looks good, I think. Yeah, clearly the characters that were made for 14 are a lot stronger looking. I mean, made for 15 are stronger yeah. looking than the characters that are coming back from 14. Like, I mean, for when sure. I watched like the King trailer by itself, I thought she looked kind of odd, not terrible. But then in the Gamescom trailer, they showed like character, 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 character. And King kind of stuck out like a sore thumb and it, it just mm. it didn't look very good. Uh, to be fair, you can actually see the particle effects changing like with every single trailer that they yeah, make they and stuff change. like that. But that you could definitely tell that they're not pros at it, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a while. I hope that they can fix that because they, yeah. they have made the rest of the game look a lot better, I think. Yeah. And uh, also, I know you didn't have this in the notes, but I heard this from Olaf. But tomorrow, apparently the new Famitsu drops and supposedly there's a big thing of KOF 15 in the Famitsu as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, so we yeah. may be getting a bunch of new information or may reiterate everything that's on the on the website already. Uh, but okay. we'll see what happens at that point in time. So, OK, mm-hmm. let's move cool. on. And again, the- you know, someone in the chat says, I hope KOF has good rollback netcode. The good part about it is, even if their netcode is kind of bad, I would hope that that means that they would try to fix it. But obviously, Sam show shows that that's... I was going to say, yeah. let me tell you a story about this yeah. game called Samurai Showdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but uh, in any case, let's move <laughs> that's on. That's right. The injustice, uh, when the round starts, it's just this computer, the computer goes, begin. Why? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I'll never not be. I mean, anyway, it's a man for another time. Uh, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. We've been talking about this game. We've been seeing more of it. We have now seen character move lists for SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy Cheeks. Yep. Everybody's favorite. Yep. yep, yep. 
And and what it shows is, I mean, it shows like what the characters are doing, I guess. But I think kind of at least as important is that it shows that the game has uh, three buttons. There's like a light, a heavy, and a special. So it's not going to just be the same as like Smash is, for example. Right. Uh, It doesn't look like it has like tilts. You know, it just has like up, down and stuff. Um, (laughs) Cool. I mean, I I think that that's cool. Dude, it's released October 5th as well. We have found out. Dude, they, they like the fact that they're putting out move lists like that for people. Like, I feel like they're they're really trying. Like, I feel like there's this group was probably like, you need to make a Nickelodeon fighting game, you know, typical kind of tie-in kind of thing or whatever. And they were probably like, yo, let's make this good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it feels like the developers are trying <laughs> so hard with whatever limited resources they probably have. So I'm actually excited in you know the fact that they, I mean not officially announced rollback etc cetera, etc cetera. but like if they don't do have the rollback in there dude like that'd be so sick <laughs> it feels like that they're really, really my ren and stimpy <laughs> you're ren and stimpy dude i'm telling you they're gonna be ice climbers they have to be no way that's lil and phil for sure no they haven't been announced they're not in the game it's lil and phil are ice climbers oh wait are they i don't even remember they've been out so many characters. i have no idea yeah and that and that's a good, <sighs> I mean it depends. There, they haven't been as far as I'm aware. Okay, anyways. Uh also Like I said, releasing October 5th, so also pretty soon. Under a month, actually. Damn, yeah, that is true. Melty Blood is coming out uh later this month as well, right? So Cat Dog was already revealed. Yep. So Cat Dog's already in. Yeah, there. Cat, Cat Dog is one revealed. character, but you can't lose cat or dog. They're they're connected. Yeah, literally. that would be too grotesque for this game, I think. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> No, Guts everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Tough Love Arena is actually about getting Tough some Love changes. Arena. It has been getting a lot of changes. So we talked about Tough Love Arena beginning of this year. It launched. It's a game that is free to play and is really pared down. It's a it's a simplified ish fighting game, but I, it's really cool. We played it a lot. You can play uh, it on your browser. <laughs> Everything. Yes, yeah, you play it on the browser. On your you mobile, can play it on your yeah. Phone. Just mobile. Go on the browser. You can play it. So yeah, it's got great rollback. It's got um, different interesting character designs. I really like the game, and it, it has been getting recent changes. And it's got an active community. The reason that I bring it up now is that yesterday the developer had uh, a really cool stream that talked about kind of state of the game that I, I like. I thought it was a really good kind of encapsulation and here's what's coming up next. So he talked about the, you know, the changes that they've done. He talked about community feedback and the community polls that they had done, which were like, which of these characters are enjoyable to play, which are enjoyable to play as, that kind of stuff. Um, feedback about, you know, which characters are really good from people and and his views on like, is this character too good? Is this character not good? This character is really good, and that's cool. I'm I intend this character to be good. Mm-hmm. Right? That that kind of feedback I thought was really cool. It's not something that you tend to get from fighting game developers in that sort of way, at least sure. in that in that granular kind of a breakdown. Uh, and then after that, he had a list of upcoming changes. So talking all about you know here here are the changes that we're going to make in the um not just in not just in the gameplay but like stuff that's coming to the game here's new outfits new new training mode options uh it's also a game that allows mods so you know talking about like the things that have been going on with the mod side of things and um 
you know, menu improvements, AI. Like it was a very, it was a very well done breakdown of where the game is and where it's going. So I thought cool. I just wanted to talk about that because I think that's that that's awesome. really cool. Uh, talking a little bit about like what each character is going to get in upcoming changes. Not not in in every case saying exactly what's going to happen, but in some cases just being honest. Like I think that right. this character needs some changes. I'm still thinking about what to do. So I, I thought it was cool. That's cool. That's neat. I like that. I like that. Anyway, check Good it out. Involvement. Good involvement. Uh, okay. Yeah, the game has a really unique art style that I think is pretty cool. So check it out. It's Tough Love Arena. Right. Also, uh, Flycast, which is an emulator for the Dreamcast that has been used in Fightcade and such uh, minimally uh, that... Uh, a lot of people have been using is now getting updated and in fact actually has been updated to support online ggpo network play sure has for the dreamcast and i have seen video footage of people out there playing power stone with other people online and uh which is cool now obviously a lot like look one of the first conversations to have are look Dreamcast 3D fighting games. And look, rollback works. Now, obviously, those games uh, require a lot less power to save state and rewind and do all these things like that. Yep. It's a lot harder for modern games to do that. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's out there, and people are using it. In it's still in beta, though. It's not like yes. an official release. And in fact, some games still don't work on it and they keep trying to update it to work with different games and such. But one such game, for example, is KOF 11, which is probably the most unique KOF game out there. One that is near and dear to Olaf's heart, for example. It's the Marvel versus Capcom version, which has the active tagging. It's the only, like one of the only ones and was, you know, according to Gibby, like one of the most popular ones whenever he ran tournaments. And it just came out at that really weird, awkward time between between 2D and 3D and like new generation of consoles and like most people don't even know the game practically exists and I just think that's super exciting because now me and Olaf are talking about running like KOF 11 tournaments online and stuff like that cool. using Flycast and it's getting integrated into Fightcade so they're working on more of the integration with it so it should work on Fightcade as well to get that GGPO in there and this is really cool. I mean, <laughs> it's just really cool. Yeah. Exciting to it see. Is. Yeah. I played CBS2 a little bit online on Fightcade. No but DC. I, but, um, yeah, it's going to be super sick to actually have rollback for that. Yeah. Can you imagine? CBS2 could get a resurgence, dude, right? I mean, I mean, people are already playing it on Null DC that really wanted to play. I mean, I, I played yeah, David true. on that. Yeah, I guess such. we have played on that. That's true. Oh, yeah. is that is But, that but ease of access would be nice. Yeah. And yeah, the rollback yeah. netcode would be nice because Null DC was not rollback. It was, yeah, it was yeah that's what I was about based. to ask. It, I mean, right? yeah. pretty good, to be honest. But um, it, it was good. Yeah, it was good delay based, but it was still Because it'll also work yeah. for MVC2 as well. It, hopefully, mean, yeah. Hopefully, one day they're they're still working on it. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's it's huge. If they get it going, it's huge for old school games. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. so totally yeah. agree. See Good my job. Wang Tang. Good job. To <laughs> That's the Power Stone character, right? Oh, okay. that is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See my Wang Tang dog. <laughs> All right. I was about, about to say we might get we might get a a, a you know taken off the air you know if, if just... yeah no it's definitely a power power stone character okay, okay. Mm -hmm, Fair enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he throws spirit oh, bombs he has a genki dama <laughs> coming week well 
We have an event coming up on Ultra Chen TV called the Commentator Cup. We talked all about it a couple of weeks ago. It's an event where we have invited 16 of our commentary friends to play Guilty Gear Strive against each other in a 16-person invitational. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Very much looking forward to it. However, we are postponing it for one week. So it will now be one week later than it was, which means that it will On be Friday, September 24th. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes. So keep that in mind. As far as this coming week, and in fact the next couple of weeks, Vortex Arena is continuing. Last weekend was the first weekend of it. This is the former Anime Evo. Now is rebranded to Vortex Arena, if you haven't caught that message. There you go. Uh, last weekend, they had several games. I watched a little bit of it. It was cool. There was, um, I should say, this coming week, there will be Gundam, Arms, Mahjong Soul, Kanta 2, Samurai Showdown 5 Special, uh, Kill a Kill, Vampire Savior, Melty Blood Actress Again, Current Code, and Blaze Blue Central Fiction. If you want to see all the stuff that's going on, follow them on Twitter. They're at 956 Productions. The number's 956 Productions. Sick. Cool. Nice. Good stuff. That's some Shout cool upcoming stuff. All right. And uh, we try to highlight a lot of community stuff, uh, you know, from time to time. Uh, Zed Tabani, a.k.a. Red Rapper, you may have remembered him uh, doing a bunch of like fighting game rap songs and everything like that, uh, just recently released a brand new track. Uh, you know, I've had him do Evo intros before. He was officially in the Street Fighter for Nintendo 3DS commercial. You know, he has a lot of songs that are used for Evo intros and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he's, uh, you know, gone to music school, done all, you know, really had some like really prestigious, you know, classes and stuff at school. And, and he's really doing a lot of cool stuff. He wrote a new yeah. song. Uh, he, he sent it to me. I heard it and I was just like, this is just so cleverly written. I just kind of wanted to play it for everybody over here sure, so that you could hear it and listen to it. But uh, I don't know if you guys are going to be able to hear it on your end. Uh, I hope you guys can hear it on your oh, end. Oh, no. We're not going to be able to hear it on our end. Yeah, we hadn't thought about that. So you got the uh, the link? I can just play it at the same time on my own. Yeah, it my should own be in ski. the dock, but let me paste it in here. Uh, oops, no, that's not it right there. Uh, yeah, cop, copy link URL. Here you go. So there's the link right there. So go ahead and check this out. But I'm going to bring this up to you. The, the lyrics are actually uh, in the video. So definitely l- take a listen to this, guys. And, uh, you know, hope you guys enjoy this. So here you go. Together, this game just don't feel the 
see how you look Tryna stay in touch for the second I push It feels like you shook and I like we should I just wanna feel like you're right there FaceTime feel like you're fucking light years away Time zone is strange, don't know what to say The Discord cut off, my phone not in rain Our conversations often so basic Tryna play with lag on the end of our statements Not the way we met, man, the future hates us Picture one frame off, we could hit the majors if we had that Open, we can never flash back Sometimes I dream of trying to kiss you through the mask, yeah Wonder if it never happened when we pass that Hoping when I answer, you gon' ask back, huh? Roll back Roll back I don't wanna wait around Oh, swears. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but there you go. I mean, again, I just thought that was really cool. Really clever lyrics. Uh, really well written, I think. You know, talking about, like, obviously, if you don't know anything about rollback netcode, you'll come in there and, 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 and it means something completely diff- different. Uh, but, you know, if you are a fighting game fan with, roll, you know, knowing about rollback netcode, I think it, it it's just, it's really nicely done. And it's different for him, too, because it's, it wasn't even a, a rap song. It was just mostly singing. So uh, very different. His uh, YouTube channel is just his name, Zed Tabani, Z-A-I-D-T-A-B-A-N-I. So if you, you can also like, type you in Red Rapper, it still pulls him up. I just did that. Yeah. Okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Uh, I could not hear it just now, although I listened to it earlier today. So I, I, oh, I, okay, I, okay. I put it on. I put it on the same exact time as James. It was, oh, it was nice. pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Shout out to him. I'm glad that he's he's doing well. He's doing cool things. It's definitely. Yeah, cool. that was dope. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to our final topic. The mailbag. This is where people just send us whatever question. <laughs> also, whatever. If, if if you do go to his uh, if you do go to his channel, just let him know that you know Ultra Chen sent you there, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Don't say mean things either, you jerks, and then say we sent you there. That would not be nice. <laughs> yeah. Be nice. Uh man all right the mailbag send us whatever question you want maybe we'll answer it we got about 20 minutes to do so because we're hoping to be out of here at eight we got a hard cap excuse you that's 10 thank you i mean whatever time it is golly i don't know or 20 somewhere i'm not sure it is (laughs) i don't know if anybody's that off all right all right First question is from Nutacon here, who asks, Totsukeki has launched dolphins into our hearts and souls. If you can launch any animal at your foes, which animal would it be besides dolphins and whales? I would launch the most dangerous of foes. The most dangerous animal. Human beings. <laughs> you, you, would ride, you would ride a human like... Um... Like, uh, what's-his-face in Swiss Army guy or whatever it was? 
Oh, yeah. Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, Swiss Army Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's get the reference. But yeah, totally. Yeah, why not? There's a there's an opening scene. This guy finds a dead body. It's Harry Potter guy. I can't think of his name Daniel right Radcliffe. now. Daniel Radcliffe. And yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, oh, and he rides the dead body of Daniel Radcliffe to shore by pushing on his belly and making him fart through the water. It's absolutely a David scene. It's probably the most David scene of all. It sounds time. like it might be the most David scene. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic film though. It's really good. You should see it. I don't know. All I pictured was the was the giant boss from Symphonies of the Night. You know, the the giant ball made out of human bodies, you know, with David just like Ugh. hurling chunks at people Ugh. and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if that's what I'm Ugh. into. <laughs> well, you're the one who said humans, man. That's on you. Well, I think humans are dangerous. So that's what I would send out against my enemies. Uh, If I got the ability to throw any animal I want, what's the biggest animal on earth that we know of? The I would whip. just crush my enemies before me. That's a great. You would just toss a blue whale. Imagine. Yeah. Boom. Hold on. I hold win. on. Besides dolphins, whales. That's in the question. Oh well, then what's the second biggest thing behind a whale? Like what? The biggest creature. Like I'll throw elephants or whatever. Like giant creatures that will crush you in one blow, and then I win. Why? Why would I throw anything else if I can just toss any animal? I'm trying to win, baby. I think. I, well, I still like my answer. What do you got, James? I'm just thinking of like some sort of like crazy, ridiculous, like poisonous spider or something like that. Like you just so like you can't even see it when I toss it at you. Right. I'll put it in the straw and I'll be like, you know, and then it just like lands on you and it's going to be agitated and you're dead, basically. So I think because you won't even have noticed anything by the time you see it's there. It's too late. I mean, my dude will already have used his shotgun. That's my one I imagine. No, you no 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 no. We're just spawning the animal, not not accessories. That wasn't part of the thing. That's how you don't get to like, oh, I spawned a human and he has the nuclear launch codes. Like, no, that's not <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. how this works. I Are you kidding a human me? Get and out he has here. nuclear launch codes. Exactly. Go away. Get that shit out of here. Exactly. I thought right, I was working. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, nuclear launch codes. <laughs> Number two. Mailbag. From Gold Lewis, dude, right? at people here. All right, uh, Phil Holt via Twitter asks for games where you don't care about or actively dislike the stage music, etc. What are your, some of your favorite playlists to substitute in? Hmm. This is just huh. like before we had the potential for DMCA's uh, on streams, right? <laughs> what would we play? Uh, I I generally just. Play the game music man i don't yeah. care that much like if the game music sucks i probably don't play the game honestly nrs games sorry the only time that i ever really played different music than the game music was when i was doing breath of the wild just because you know it had been like hour 90 already hour <laughs> sure that i'm playing the game already and uh you know for me it would be you know anything that i generally listen to lights uh, Chibomato, Asteroids Galaxies Tour, probably. Uh, you know, I wouldn't probably put on They Might Be Giants as much because uh, it probably would have less of the uh, the, 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 the wide appeal. <laughs> uh, sometimes maybe other video game songs, but uh, those are the ones that I remember playing was the, was uh, Chibomato, Asteroid Galaxies Tour, uh, Asteroids Galaxy Tour and Lights were the ones that I played. I'm gonna have to say Roller Girl, 
Venga Boys. Scott Brown. And All right. uh, the Revolutions Podcast. Podcast? <laughs> you listen to a podcast while playing a fighting game? Yeah. Oh, you are like... What I, just, what I usually do, honestly, is just mute it. But I usually do that anyway. I often just mute fighting games that I'm playing. Yeah, you generally don't play the sound. Oh, man. But also, the longer I know you, the, the you are definitely the nerdiest friend I have. What? By far, yeah. Next question, you know Stephanie Brownback. <laughs> I do. I know a lot. You do. Stephanie Brownback. I mean, I feel good that I'm not the nerdiest person now. So, uh, Stephanie Brownback via Twitter asks, if you had to be someone's pet, which animal would you be and who would be your owner? There's a lot of animal questions here. I, I will tell you right now, I am not going to answer this question based on it might awaken something in me. And I don't, I don't want to suddenly be, become a furry. All right. <laughs> I'm not letting this happen. I'm avoiding this question. Nothing it wrong sounds with furries, man. I, I can see, like, what animal would you be? But then you're a pet? That's, that's the next step. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stephanie. I'm just trying to think of, like... Uh, the... I, I think I, I'm going to make the same choice that I think Stephanie would make, which is that I would be my own cat <laughs> owned by me. <laughs> That was uh, that was my first thought. Then I was like, "Wait a minute, that's too weird for me too." <laughs> I don't want to swap bodies with Miles. That's it. I think I Ugh. think I think Ajax and Lyra are having a pretty good time. I think it seems like it's probably nice. So that's what I'm going with. You sleep I'm just trying to think of like, I just want to be like someone who's like the pet of someone who's like ridiculously rich and takes care of their pet really, 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 really well. And they seem to live this amazing pet life. Like that's kind of where I'd want, I just want to be as spoiled as darn as possible. So without ever having to have any worry. So there you go. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, and what animal would I like to be? I would like to be like, Oh, like a pet tiger or something like that because then I could be a cat and I could be lazy but at the same time I'm also large and awesome at the same time so I think that's what I would do yeah okay all right not too bad yeah, yeah. cat getting fed sashimi that sounds pretty good dude that sounds pretty good I mean look if I could feed my cats raw meat all the time I would do that so I can't even say I spoil my cats as much as they should be spoiled you know so there you go here we go all right, we move here on. Here we go. Uh, JW Park on Twitter asks, uh, if your drink in your drink tier, list what would be the runner up. We all know water is S tier and F tier drink. Okay, what's number two and then what's the worst is what this is asking. Mm -hmm. uh, number by two. The way, correct, water is number one. What do you number got? two is cran grape juice, closely followed by Guinness Stout. And the worst drink has to be like Sambuca or something disgusting, you know? Malort. Malort is the worst Malort drink. Malort is, is the worst. Answer. It is yeah. the worst drink. Bottom tier. Uh, my number two is probably coffee. Yeah, I agree. I would say water and coffee. Like, that's probably actually 90 plus percent of all the stuff I drink. Maybe higher than that. Like, it's really just maybe the other is tea, but like, it's really just those. And my worst F tier drink is absolutely 
some of the concoctions that were created uh, by my uh, frat bros when I was pledging the frat. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let me tell you oh, about some of the mixes man. that those guys came up with. Oh dang, I keep resetting the timer. That's my mistake. Uh, my oh. number two drink, I mean, is gonna be this guy right here because I drink oh, way too no, much James, and stuff. You're a like, Pepsi guy. Yeah, so you're a, uh, you're a my, pop guy. My number two drink is Pepsi. Worst drink ever might be Crystal Pepsi. As somebody in the chat would uh, verify, it tastes like ass. So yeah, uh, it's not very good. Dude, you have not tasted. Let me tell you, some of these concoctions. The sweet the curly drug up was amazing. Uh, Which one? That's, that's great. What does it say? He just what put it in the chat. I gotta see this. Oh, it was Pepsi Blue. That's right. No, not Crystal Pepsi. Pepsi yeah, Blue. Crystal Pepsi was just clear Pepsi. It was the same thing. Just yeah, not yeah, yeah, sludge yeah, yeah. Okay, my mistake. My mistake. Yes, it was Pepsi Blue. Crystal Pepsi was weird because it tasted like Seven Up, and I wasn't sure if it was that way because it was clear, and it was just weird. But Pepsi Blue, yes, Pepsi Blue was the one that tasted like ass. Yes, that is a hundred percent correct. Thank you for the reminder and the correction there. Okay. All I don't right. remember what was in Liquid Pledgeo, but let me tell you, <laughs> it, none of it, none of it was good. Jiggly Purin uh, via Twitter asks, what is the saltiest, scrubbiest, scrubbiest thing you've ever said? Uh, let's see here. The scrubbiest shit I've ever said. Saltiest? I mean, I've said a lot of shit salty. <laughs> But the, scr the scrubbiest thing that I, I probably consistently say, and I really don't even actually I just play it up, is my hatred for grapplers. I actually don't even mind fighting grapplers that much, if I'm being 100% honest. I just think grappler players should feel bad for how they play the video game. Intelligent playing characters with command grabs. What are you talking about? May yeah, is a brawler, not a grappler. There's grab. a difference. I've I've played characters with command grabs. They're they're not grapplers though. There's definitely a difference. I saw you playing Wesker on stream just a couple of days ago. Wesker, that is a grappler. But I was just, I was mirror <laughs> matching Kinder Party, whatever. Like it's Marvel three. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have a lot of good answers for this. I think it all that really comes to mind is back in the days when I was playing Q in the Third Strike era in the mid two thousands. I was salty but like fatalistically salty about which i guess is scrubby maybe in a way about playing q like i can recall traveling with friends to tournaments and being in the car and then being like oh i think i got a pretty good chance to take this tournament and then the friend other friend being like yeah i'm feeling pretty good about this tournament what about you david and i'd be like i probably will do badly um and then they'd be like what do you mean why and i'll I just be like because i i'm playing q like it's just very fatalistic. I couldn't I in my mind I couldn't change playing Q. I was a Q player and that was just like my self. It wasn't a character I was playing. I was a Q player. And that was a very that's a big distinction in my mind. Which I think in retrospect was really scrubby. Yep. But I that's, agree. That's maybe as close as I would get. I mean, for me, all of mine are on YouTube at this point in time, right? So <laughs> All the salty, scrubby stuff. Well, actually, not all of them are on YouTube. A lot of them are on the private Teppin chat that I'm in with uh, with a couple of friends as well, because that game has definitely made me mad. But maybe one of the scrubbiest things I ever said was that Dan beats Cammy in Street Fighter 4. 
But, um, you know, I, I remember like, that yeah, one. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were the reason why I said that. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I get angry easily. So I say a lot of stupid things. And so that's just the way it is. So. All right. Let's move on. I don't think Mario Kart is on, uh, the, it might be actually, if someone actually captured the DVD, and just put it on to YouTube already. So, all right, we got three questions left in five minutes to do it. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get through. I know Let's I'm stalling it. as I'm pasting stuff into the UI. Okay, look, <laughs> Tavi Turnip via Twitter should maybe be able to throw S and H anchors that stick to the wall like <laughs> Ramlethal can. Should she have to retrieve them, or should they just respawn like her dolphins? Wow, what a suggestion. <laughs> Uh, May should not change at all. They've already nerfed her. I don't want to change my game plan. I like playing May the way she is. Okay, I respect that. I say no I just because that. I just want characters to be unique. There's no reason for them to, exactly. to be able to stick exactly. to the wall and stuff like that. So, What if Ramlethal used dolphins instead of swords? Would she be cooler? What if she had dolphin arms? Dude, what Wait, if she did was you just dolphin? ask if May had swords, would she be cooler? You asked that question? No, no, I asked if Ramlethal had dolphins, would she be cooler? Oh, Instead of Ramlethal. swords. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Uh, you know, someone's going to mod that into the game now. She's just going to have should. dolphins instead of her swords. That's they a will, great for idea. Sure. They will, for sure. No, you, you just did it. That goes with the other oh. Oh, yeah, okay. That would be so much more interesting. Swords are not interesting, as you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> but blades on chains, very interesting. Yeah, sickles, they're cool. You know what else is really interesting? David's Dirty Dishes. David's what? Dirty Dishes via Twitter asks, how long does it take dirty dishes to smell like your farts? This is a question asked by somebody who has never let dirty dishes go unwashed for three months. Because you would know <laughs> the smell of dirty dishes that have been unwashed for three months. And it's not at all like a fart. It's something yeah, that no, that's never... Disgusting forget i don't have a good memory okay you guys you guys know that i can absolutely imagine what the smell is of those dishes hanging out on the sink back in the old apartment in berkeley uh and it was again it's like just nothing else bro i like maybe last month i went a week without doing my dishes and it was like death in my kitchen i can't imagine what three months of that is like it was really bad that's disgusting like yeah. every time I put anything into my sink, because I'm, you know, obviously I live by myself. I don't pile up a lot of dishes at once. I always like to do a bunch of dishes at once. That's just like how my brain is. Uh, but like I never let like the food sit on the dishes. Like before mm-hmm. I even leave it in the sink, I rinse it off and, you know, garbage disposal, everything. And then I put it there. So it, like the sink doesn't stink up. Like they're not, they're mostly clean, but not like fully clean that I have it's, to do uh, it's, it's when they get a little wet. It's if you let them soak too long, that's when they get real disgusting. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you from experience. If you, if you let them soak for too long, because I do a lot of cooking. Ugh, that smell is bad. Bad, bad, bad. It's a bad smell and does not at all smell like farts. But no, it's... I'll it have is. you know that I'm, I'm cleanly nowadays. Things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dishwasher now. Hmm. I do. I vacuumed today. Marriage Back. will do that to you, wow. right? So, <laughs> well done on the vacuum. I need to do that myself. Yeah. I All mean, right. Last there's, a, there's a reason why. 
you took you took your wife to Hamilton, right? To, to <laughs> thank her for teaching you how to be clean. I'll have um, you know that she took me to Hamilton. So take that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Last question. Will Fox via Twitter asks, "What is a the what is a the Oops. What is the matchup between an untrained average man with a sword versus a li- wild lion in a fight to the death?" Uh, 10-0 lion. Absolutely, it's the lion. I feel like if it's a trained person with a sword versus a wild lion. Okay, but also, also, untrained average man versus wild lion. We're assuming this is like a wild lion who can hunt. It could be like a day-old lion. Could be, could be a baby lion who hasn't yeah. hunt yet, you know? But, In which case, uh, probably person. But if we're talking about a hunting lion... They, well, it's nine one at least. Like it's only yeah. only major user error would be a, a chance of a victory. Yeah, the, the lion would have to dive at the person, pounce on them, and then take a sword like down the throat. Right. The, the human would even, have to be like, ah! and then it would. Yeah, have to just there, be there's exactly there's just pure the luck that the human wins. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. It's basically so, just like yeah, major execution error. I won't say nine one. I'll say. 9.5 versus 0.5 matchup. That's what the matchup is right there. Okay, it's also rough. good question though. What kind of sword? What if it is a lightsaber? What if oh, the guy's still dead, well, dude? Like, I just, I don't even. Uh, if- a lightsaber, all you gotta do is. That's, you just that's different in that case. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. different, but that's not that's not based on real life. Yeah, but you so. also also have to have like the connection with the kyber crystal and also you need training with that thing. You think I anybody know, dude, could I, just pick up a lightsaber and be amazing yeah. with it? I do, I do, and I have video evidence of that. In what? In Star Wars. Yeah. You're not talking about episode seven, are you? <laughs> Maybe I am, James. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, where did that come from? What also, Finn, Finn did it as well. Yeah, in, in episode, Finn picked up a saber out of nowhere. Yeah, they also dropped the storyline that uh, Finn was supposed to be force sensitive. Well, actually. they well they brought it back in the final movie. I mean, they dropped a billion storylines. Yeah, like I know. Yeah. The whole thing sucked. It's anyway, not. It's so. a mess. It's, it's not a trilogy. Seven, you guys know, eight, there are three separate movies. Seven, eight, and nine are just pretty much they shouldn't exist. So seven was bad. good. Eight and no. nine suck. Eight was good. The others were bad. Seven oh, here, just all, stop it. Yeah, they're all awful. All of them. All right. All right. Well, that's the show. We've actually basically stuck to our timeline for the first time in recorded history. So thanks to that. It's true. We didn't get to absolutely everything. And I did see some people talking about that in the chat. But I would like to have it be like a predictable ending time for people who are watching. Also for us doing it. That's helpful. Makes things easier for everyone. Yeah. So we're going to be a a little bit choosier about what we get to. We're not going to like leave off really important things. But But also probably won't get to everything. Okay. I've already birded everybody, so thanks guys for tuning in. We will see you hey, guys uh, next. I'm about to stream, by the way, everyone. So James, don't forget to oh, raid me. I'm going live right, literally, right. literally right now. I'm killing my camera and going live. All right, Sweet. okay. We'll, we'll watch the boys playing gear and hanging out. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, we're just gonna hang out.